Welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition of Darkness Radio. That means only one thing. It's time now for Supernatural News. And we're a little light on the parish here. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so we have no parish here today. But that's okay. We'll get parish here together for next time. I'm hoping to have something special for you for Halloween as well. So we'll just uh, we'll put it that way to you. Uh, I'm Tim Dennis, your host. And of course, for this whole supernatural news thing, we need a co-host. We were always bringing the co-host with the most, the BCB, the big cuddly bear himself, Beer City Bruiser. How you doing, Bruiser? I'm doing good. Getting ready for the spooky season. Oh, yeah. You and me both. You and me both. The weather here just turned, so it feels like fall finally. The I leaves bet. are falling. The Halloween decorations are out, even though ours are up all year round. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, Mrs. Bruiser has a story for us in the uh, in the yeah, middle of when we our... were getting ready to record. She came running in here. Yeah, you have some unusual watching... Halloween decorations out in your area of the country, my friend. Yeah, she was yeah. watching the news, so I can't wait to share that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys have some unusual Halloween decorations out your way. We'll talk about that later in the program. Um, and thanks to Mrs. Bruiser for that story. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, she she came running in here. You heard it. She yeah. came running in here and said, "Did you guys start recording yet?" No. And <laughs> and in her newest Southern accent, said, "Y'all ain't gonna believe this." Um, yeah. That's what she said. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> she certainly has changed." Um, <laughs> and I said, "Stop that now." Uh, where's the Wisconsin accent? Um, <laughs> it's gone. Right, it's gone. It's gone. Um, but uh, boy, oh boy, I tell you. Yeah, lots of interesting things uh, have happened this past week. A lot of, a uh, lot of, uh, is, since we're getting into spooky season, a lot of these spooky movies are out there now. Yes. And uh, we, we've got a story about how a priest today is talking about how the new Exorcist movie is not good for you. I thought it was the new Taylor Swift movie is not good for, <laughs> for our listeners, but evidently it's the new Exorcist movie. We'll talk about that today as well. Taylor um, Swift's not good for anything. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a Swifty. It's it's not good. I know for ta- uh, t- for 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 Travis Kelsey, because um, <laughs> evidently his his leg won't heal properly, and that that has to do with uh, you know too much stretching. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, too much activity off the football field. Uh, that'll do it to you. Hmm. Wonder what. Um. Yeah. Did you see he uh, he made an appearance on Saturday Night Live? Unexpectedly? I did. Both he and Tay Tay did. I did. Yeah, he was out, out celebrating so, his birthday in New York. Their first official appearance together in public as a couple, I guess, or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's I hate how America latches on to these stupid couples. Yeah. Like what was it? it? Was Ben Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez and. Angelina and Brad, and it's just like, come on, who cares? Not the only couple talk, though, brother, from the weekend. Uh, evidently, Pete Davidson and Ice Spice. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, because you know, Pete was uh hosting Saturday Night Live on Saturday, yeah, and they were she was the uh, the singer. I, I actually caught a couple bits from it, it's pretty yeah. good. She was the uh, she was the musical guest, and and from the promos they did for the show, they said that maybe the two of them were together, so. There you go. There you go. Now we we are your gossip leader here on, on uh, Darkness Radio. Dude, we're talking about people. I don't. I don't. I don't know what a nice place is. You don't know what no a nice idea. place is. No. I tried like to be. They had, they had that Ben Affleck commercial for Dunkin' Donuts where she's on there, and I'm yes. like, what is this? Yeah. 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 Like, was this like a new Spice Girl? Uh, no, to me, no. that that's the only spices. 
<laughs> well, no, I think uh, it's, uh, if I remember right, uh, Ice Spice is the daughter of one of the Spice Girls, if I remember right. No, I'm yes. kidding. I'm ki- no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> totally ribbing you right now. Okay. Yeah, I would have no. believed it, too. No, 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 it's not. It's they not. all could be mothers. They all are mothers right now. They are. Scary Spice is a mother. Posh is a mother. Yeah. No, it's no. It's a different the only two deal. to keep up with. <laughs> it's a spice wannabe. I don't know. Ice spice. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how she's getting away with it. Uh, copyright infringement. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. No idea. Uh, Damn Brett's better sewer. Somebody will will write into us. This is how we're going to get emails. We're just gonna we're gonna talk shit, and then people will will send us emails <laughs> about somebody we don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll correct us. No, you guys, you're so stupid. Ice spice is a cousin of a uncle of a nephew of a sister of a nephew's niece of a cousin of a of scary spice yep i don't get it yeah i don't know <laughs> but good for pete you know pete davidson is an ugly ugly man but he lands some hotties man well he kind of made fun of it on the show did you yeah did you see the 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 whole barbie skit no i didn't the, see that i saw the um the skit where he returns back to the writer's room yeah. And they bring up how he was a stand-up comedian at like 15 or 16 or whatever. And they yes. show it. And they show them and they're all on top jam. Yes. He's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> By the way, those three guys that do the uh, do the little movie or the, the little uh, video skits. Yeah. They have a new movie coming out on Peacock in November. Okay. I wish they had a, a name for that. Tri- I bet they do for that troupe. Those those three guys in the writers They probably do. you got to think they do. But most of the troops do that you can see the you can see the the trailer right now the exclusive trailer on on youtube and it's absolutely hysterical the red-haired guy's dad is conan o'brien really yes okay yes okay. and i'm trying to remember I, I looked up the trailer i sent it to a friend this weekend and i just i absolutely laughed my silly ass off at at the trailer i'll send it to you after the show well, there's some funny guys, you know what oh I mean? Like, they're actual writers for SNL, too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They, it makes they, sense yeah. that Conan would be there. Conan was a writer forever. Yep, yeah. And they uh, and, uh, Bo and Yang is in it, too, of course. Um, but they, uh, yeah, and, and it's based, it looks kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a treasure hunt movie. And, okay. And it's kind of got a Goonies feel to it, but it's, <sighs> yeah. Love the Goonies. It's, it's so funny. It's just the trailer itself is so funny. I hope it lasts because I hate when movies like the trailer comes out and that's the only funny stuff in the movie. So you're all excited to go see the movie and you go see it and it's like, eh, you know. I I gotta think if you've got Conan O'Brien involved, it's funny. Oh, it's boy. gotta be. He yeah. is hilarious. He, I started watching him back in college and I haven't stopped. I don't think anything he does isn't funny. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, yeah. I got to meet him. He was at a Ring of Honor show. He is large. Yeah, he's a big man. He, I, I knew he was tall. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when he yeah. came back to talk to everybody, like he was towering over a couple of the guys, and I'm like, geez. I, I would love to meet him. He's a, he seems like an incredibly, not just intelligent guy, but a funny guy. Yeah. 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 Well, he's a Harvard graduate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Smart guy. Smart yep. guy. Yeah. Most definitely. Uh, busy week. Busy week. Uh, we've got uh, Ziggy's picks later on in the program. Uh, Natalia shit the bed. <laughs> well, that's okay. We all have bad weeks. I I had a bad week myself. Not not as far as picking, but as far as just a bad week overall. It was another week of what the hell is going on in the NFL. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, it a lot was, of close games again. A lot of close games. Uh, evidently, a uh, a quarterback aspiring to be Kirk Cousins started for Cleveland, and yep. uh, yeah, and uh, almost shit the bed for Cleveland, but they he, won. He's older than Kirk Cousins. He is. Yeah, this yeah. guy when he came out, I'm like, they brought this guy back, and Mrs. Bruiser goes, "Who is this guy?" I go, "He played forever." Yeah, for the Panthers. Yeah. And then they showed, yeah, he's a 13-year veteran. She's like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, yep. Yeah, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, but managed to beat the 49ers. But he didn't. His kickers did. Well, his kickers did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and, and the, the 49ers kicker managed to beat the 49ers. Yeah. That, boy, so. that kid's a rookie, too. He. Man. At least they got the Vikings on Monday. They'll be okay. And then I saw the, <laughs> I saw the worst take possible. First of all, Colin Coward, I think, is going senile. Okay. Because he, he swears that Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, which uh, I don't know where he's pulling this information from. He's not watching. He's the only one because the whole Fox guys and all the CBS guys were just shitting on Kirk. As they should. Yeah. As they should. He had a terrible game on Sunday. But the, the Kirk Cousins apologists are out in droves <laughs> saying he doesn't need J.J. I, I, I didn't see anything that said he didn't need J.J. on Sunday. No, he needs J.J. Yeah, it was the defense that won that game. Straight. Yeah, yeah, and the shit fact that the Bears' starting quarterback went down and yes, yeah, they're not a great team. No, they're not. They're, they're horrible. <laughs> they are horrible. <laughs> when you barely squeak one out against Chicago, you're horrible. Yeah, and when Chicago doesn't have their starting quarterback and you barely squeak one out, you're horrible. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, but, uh, but then. On top of everything else, it just I, ooh, ooh. Colin Coward on top of it said that Brock Purdy, he was right about Brock Purdy not being a good quarterback. Since when? What? Yeah, he said Brock Purdy fell apart. When did Brock Purdy fall apart? He didn't fall apart. He lost his best receiver and his best running back, and he still put up yards. Right, and and he used that fact. He said that, no, 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 Brock Purdy lost his, his starting uh, receiver and he lost his starting running back, and he couldn't do anything. He couldn't win the game at the end. That wasn't him that didn't win the game at the end. He did everything he could. It was the kicker. Could. He did everything. He got him right in position. Right. He managed the clock just right, so if they would have kicked it, Cleveland would have had a chance. to. He did everything that a quarterback was supposed to do in that position. That's right. He delivered. Yeah. Yeah. He delivered. Yeah, I watched that game. He was, he yeah. was very impressive. I've always liked Brock Purdy. Yeah. Last guy drafted in the draft, you know, and he's proven to everybody, hey, I should have been number one. Yep. (laughs) Not Bryce Young. I take him in a minute, trade him for Cousins straight up in a minute. I still would. (laughs) Still would. I still would. If I I were the GM of the Vikes, I'd take him in a minute, trade him straight up in a minute. But, eh. What do I I know? That's why I'm doing a podcast, right? Anyways, let's get to uh, supernatural news today. Just one quick note about the chipmunks. They're 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 going to bed here in about two weeks. Okay, two weeks tops. That's that's all I got left of them. So uh, I I got them peanuts in the shell this week. So they're they're really spoiling them. Yeah, but I had the cutest little moment this today. I'm sitting on the sitting on the porch, and. uh, I uh, put out the seeds, put out their treats. I'm sitting there, I'm gathering stories for today's news. And uh, and Spud comes up, he runs all the way down from the top of the sidewalk, runs right up onto the porch and right up to my foot, which is weird. He doesn't do that. He's very, he's very skittish. He's got a lot of anxiety. He doesn't, you know, if you, if you yeah. even address him, he, he runs, right? Right. But he comes right up to me and puts both his paws on my foot and looks up at me. 
He's saying goodnight. Yeah. Just either like, good. I'll see, I'll see you in the spring. Either goodnight or thanks, bud. Yep. Yeah. Just thanks, bud. Yep. It was That's like him saying, love you, dude. I was like, see you in the spring. I was like, aw, aw. Then I picked him up and threw him across the yard. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. No, no, no I didn't. No. Hey, that's just, I don't know what happened to me last night. Last night I got up to uh, to, to put something down, and, and Ziggy got excited and jumped up and caught me right in the nuts. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And I, I dropped, and then she felt bad. Oh. So then she went leave my side. She felt bad. And I'm oh. trying to explain. You know, it was an accident. You know, yeah. it wasn't like she purposely did it, but. Oh. We're working on her excitement levels right now. Yeah. Well, you know, they're young. That, that, that yeah, she's, not even, she's not even two yet. Yeah. Yeah. They got a lot of energy when they're young. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, we try to do daily walks with them, so. Yeah. Try to get that energy out of them, that's for sure. And now the squirrels are getting ready to, to nest. And our neighbors, they have a big oak tree. Mm-hmm. So there's a family of squirrels over there, and you can tell they're getting ready to nest and get ready for the fall. But they keep running into our yard. So oh. that, when they get annoying, I just let Ziggy, Ziggy has a long leash and I'll let her go out and <laughs> she can chase after him, but she can't get him. You know? Oh no. Yeah. So. Oh boy. That's teasing at its highest right there. Oh yeah. Yikes. Um, this week, Bruiser, we, we have some, we're into conspiracy theories this week. Good. I like conspiracy theories. I got a couple of them for you. Okay. We're okay. going to, we're going to get deep. Good. I yep. love conspiracy theories. We're going to get deep. The whole JFK thing we covered, man, that I way down a rabbit hole with that. So give me more. In fact, <laughs> we're going to get deep this week. So deep, in fact, that we may get some we may get some emails on this deal. Oh, okay. I'm hoping we get some emails. I want your emails. Tim at darknessradio.com. I want you to comment on some of this stuff, folks, or even even go to darknessradioshow.com. Click on that blue button and give us your opinion on some of these conspiracies yeah i love hearing other takes yeah that's the best thing about conspiracy theories so many takes yeah uh we're gonna go inside a wild planet x conspiracy theory about the hidden earth in our solar system this was supposed to make (laughs) an appearance this week the planet x is supposed to make an appearance okay yeah Uh, many people across the world were convinced that hidden earth which is also known as nibiru i mean we've heard a lot about nibiru over the especially over the last decade will bring an end to our planet despite no actual proof that it exists say the word nibiru to most scientists and they their eyes roll back in their head and and their tongue flails and and they scream. <laughs> because, they, they scoff at you is what they do. Yeah, they, they, they pretty much tell you there's no such thing. Uh, conspiracy theorists are convinced a secret ninth planet exists and that it will destroy eventually humanity as we know it. Now, a hidden Earth may lie at the edge of the solar system. They believe, after 19th century astronomer Percival Lowell claimed to have discovered it. The wealthy businessman suggested that the inhabitants of planet X made us who we were or who we are today. Uh, but predicted there's trouble ahead for the human race. Lowell admitted that he never saw the mystery planet, also known as Nibiru, but he always remained convinced of it of its existence. When he died in nineteen nine, I'm sorry, in nineteen sixteen, he left one million dollars, a lot of money in nineteen sixteen. That is a lot of money. Yep, to fund research that would locate the elusive planet. But a hundred years. On and with the money all spent, it was concluded that the planet never existed. 
that didn't stop the conspiracy theorists, and they still have the support of Mike Brown and Constantine, I believe this is Batagin, uh, professors of planetary science at Caltech who have vowed to continue the research. They even co-authored a paper suggesting the planet is out there. I didn't have a particularly strong appreciation for just how difficult it would be to find Planet Nine until I started looking together with Mike using telescopes, Professor Batigin told the BBC. Uh, the reason it's such a tough search is because it's most astronomical surveys are not looking for a single thing, in other words, a single planet. It was first predicted that Planet X would cause the end of the world back in 2003, but it didn't smash into Earth, causing its complete destruction, as they suggested. But years later, astronomers discovered an object two and a half times further from the Sun than Pluto that adds to evidence of the existence. It is one of the most distant bodies ever identified within the Sun's gravitational range. And its unusual orbit supports the theory that there's a huge rocky world 10 times bigger than our own out there. In 2014, when Dr. Scott Shepard and Professor Chad Trujillo sought to explain a strange cluster of six small objects in the Kuiper Belt, a field of icy and rocky objects beyond Neptune, uh, their orbits all tilted in the same way, an arrangement that is nearly impossible to generate without the help of some external force. Dr. Shepard and Professor Trujillo, rather, uh, suggested a large planet was lurking in the shadows, warping the orbits of objects that came near. The same team found a similar body whose orbit is being similarly affected. At about 300 kilometers or 186 miles wide, it is on the small side of being a dwarf planet. Dr. Shepard of the Carnegie Institute of Science said, These distant objects are like breadcrumbs leading us to planet X. The more of them we can find, the better we can understand the outer solar system and the possible planet we think is shaping their orbits, a discovery that would redefine our knowledge of the solar system's evolution. So, Bruiser, planet X or no planet X? That's the question. My question is, though, how is it going to destroy us? If the one guy said that's how we were created almost, now these guys are like, oh, it's going to destroy I don't get how it's going to destroy us. Well, eventually it'll fall out of a line with the planets and it will crash into us. Isn't that eventually going to happen to all the planets? Like, isn't it eventually the sun's going to explode and we're all going to die in well, like a billion years? Yeah, eventually. Yeah, I don't. I think there's other planets out there, but I don't. I don't believe planet. You know, I don't think they'll find Planet X. You don't think so? <laughs> no. I find that one one of the harder ones to believe. It is. Yeah. Because the guy literally said, and in, in the the original guy Percival had said he had never seen it. He just expects it to be out there, and it was his theory. A theory that he based on certain sciences, yeah, but um, but there are other there are other professors out there that believe the science is somewhat solid, and that's why they continue to you know pursue it. Um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, you know, with uh, with the James Webb Telescope, now it's pretty hard to hide anything. Exactly, that thing's so powerful, and we're getting such beautiful images from it. Mm -hmm. They just got to aim it towards where they think it is and fire away. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. But there is something out there that will maybe, possibly, 61% sure, kill somebody out there. Okay. And that's the Starlink satellite system. 
It's going to kill somebody? Yes, yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's going to eventually fall back to Earth, doesn't it? It Well, part of it will, yeah. Uh, the U.S. is warning that the Starlink, Starlink satellites will start killing people and reveals the chance of hitting a human will soon be 61% each year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You didn't think when uh, Elon threw that sucker up in space that there'd be that good of a chance, huh? No. <laughs> so yeah. Elon was probably like, you know what? What if this was Elon's plan all along? How could we kill 61% of the people? <laughs> ah, got it. <laughs> you think My he's, plan is in motion. You think he's part of the Illuminati? He's trying to get us all down to 500,000? Oh, you know he's part of the Illuminati. Hmm. All right. Uh, the Federal Aviation Administration spoke out on the dangers of the Starlink satellites potentially injuring humans on Earth. By 2035, folks, debris from low Earth orbit objects like Starlink satellites could fall and injure and kill someone. Uh, the FAA said in a report to Congress, the dramatic rise of non-geostationary satellites, particularly those in ELO, pose not not ELO, but I was going to say electric like orchestra. No, 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 LEO. I said it wrong. LEO, not ELO. Those in ELO are funky, and I kind of like to listen to them on a Saturday. Those in I really hope one of those satellites doesn't take out ELO. They're, right, they well, got good music. Yeah, let's not take out old Jeff, shall we? Uh, yeah. Particularly those in LEO poses an increased risk to people on Earth and aviation due to re-entering debris, the report reads. In the paper, the FAA claims around 28,000 fragments from Starlink satellites could survive Earth's atmosphere and reach land. What's more, the casualty expectation, which is defined as the number of individuals on the ground predicted to be injured or killed by debris surviving the re-entries of satellites would be about 0.6 per year. Really? Yeah. This means that one person on the planet would be expected to be injured or killed every two years. <laughs> That's kind of high, isn't it? That is very high. Like, we're just going to have to keep looking up the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're looking for a fly ball every time you go out of the house. What was that? Uh, that show dead like me. She was hit by the uh, international uh, international space station's toilet seat. Yeah, yeah. So that's living what we're living with right now. You can be walking along and bam, satellite kills you. You got to listen for whistling things coming out of the the sky, <laughs> whether it be frozen crap from an airplane or a Starlink satellite. And you know someone's going to TikTok it. Yes. Yeah. They're going to be doing a TikTok dance, and you can see the flame coming right behind them. <laughs> and then, bang! <laughs> That'll be it. Somebody post that before I die. <laughs> and then you know what's going to happen. People are going to try and recreate it. Oh, exactly. It's a yeah. new TikTok challenge. Yeah. The flaming Starlink ending. That's what they'll call it. Yeah. Uh, the report concludes that the chances of a satellite fragment hitting and killing someone will rise to 61% each year. Jeez. Yeah. In response, this should be good, SpaceX called the agency's analysis nothing more than the culmination of several egregious errors, omissions, and incorrect assumptions. <laughs> Wait, we have lasers now that can shoot asteroids. Can't they shoot the satellites when they re-enter? Well, you figure there has to be a payload of fuel somewhere on it. That's true. Yeah, you don't want to shoot anything flammable at it. True, true. Yeah. You just want to let I mean, it crash. Then you'll kill more than 61%. <laughs> That's right. One casualty or many. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because if you shoot it and spread the debris, you're going to kill more than one person. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to control them, too, so they crash land over an ocean, huh? I don't know. I guess not. Not if it's in free fall. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really think this through, did they? No. As of right (laughs) now, the FAA is reviewing the letter. SpaceX told ARS Techna, uh, Still, the entire situation is frightening. Ex- or frightening experts as Starlink only has plans to send more of these satellites to space. So there's a, <laughs> there's a greater there's a greater chance. Elon's not happy with sixty one percent. He wants more. That's right. Musk's SpaceX began developing Starlink in 2015. Oh, so they've had time to ramp up uh, <laughs> before launching its prototype satellites in 2018. The goal of Starlink is to provide remote areas around the world with Internet service, which is admirable. Uh, Musk has long stated that one of SpaceX's bigger goal or biggest goals is to reshape the way people get Internet service. We're really talking about something which is in the long term, like rebuilding the Internet in space, Musk said during a speech in Seattle when revealing the Starlink project in 2015. Since then, Starlink has come a long way with more than 5,000 satellites currently in orbit at altitudes of about 550 kilograms. Jeez. (laughs) That'll kill you. That'll kill you real bad. That'll take you out like a bug on a windshield. Uh, and the company has plans to launch another 42,000 in the coming years. That's another oh, 42,000 people. Mm. Experts have already noticed the danger of over- overpopulation space with LEOs. That's true. You actually, when you talk to people inside, uh, people who have anything to do with contracting for any of the space agencies, Mm-hmm. Their main issue right now is being able to launch rockets through overpopulated space. Oh, because there's all the... There's too many satellites. There's too many satellites, and then there's debris. Yes. Because that debris doesn't go anywhere. Well, there are dead satellites up there. Yeah, there, I'm going to say. There are non-operational satellites up there. Uh, one 2022 study claimed that Musk's swarm of satellites is obstructing astron- or astronomers' Telescope views. That's the other problem is that you can't see through a lot of those satellites in order to get a view of space. And they don't move very fast, do they? No, hardly at all. They, they follow the Earth's uh, gravitational pull. Yeah. So you're if you go out one night and you get a satellite, that's it. You're done. You yep. can't wait five minutes for it to pass. Yep. In fact, the satellites have appeared as streaks in scientific telescope images quite frequently. There's a growing concern about an impact of low Earth orbit satellite constellations on ground-based astronomical observations, in particular on wide field surveys in the optical and infrared, the study stated. Can you imagine what a mess that is in infrared? Oh, it's just boop, 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 Yeah, boop, boop. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. In 2019, 0.5% of twilight images were affected, and now almost 20% are affected, according to Dr. I believe this is Prismek Rose in a statement at the time. Uh, we don't expect Starlink satellites to affect non-twilight images, but if the satellite constellation or other companies go into higher orbits, this could cause problems for non-twilight observations. That's insane that there's that many satellites up there. Yep. But you're right. We don't have a way to get them back unless yeah. they crash. All right. Hit you in the face. Yeah. 
So why are they saying these starlings are the ones not like the ones that have been up there for 30 years? Well, they've been up there for uh, for the last eight to eight to nine. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, why are they the first ones to to kill people? Not well, because they're low. They're low orbit. And oh, and the older ones are the higher orbit. Are higher they, orbit, and they're they, and they've got multi use. So one satellite may have fifty clients on it, or a hundred clients, or two hundred clients on it, and they're multifunction, multi use. They're they're not going to expire. Yeah. Um, or if they do, they'll they're going to float off into space. Okay. These low orbit ones, when they're done with their functionality, or if they blank out, gravity's going to pull them down. Okay, so they're still within our gravitational. Yeah, they're still pull within to our, suck them in. Right. If they're not gotcha. powered, if they're not powered, they fall to Earth. Okay. Yeah. And they end up hitting and killing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to walk around with hard hats on. Oh yeah, like the hard hat's gonna <laughs> gonna do something. Yeah. Hey, you never know. We're gonna <laughs> have get to, a metal one. We're gonna have to de- develop those force fields quicker than we thought. <laughs> Another conspiracy bruiser. Actually, I, I I have a presentation on this that I do. Oh really? It's about uh, UFOs and aliens in in uh, Renaissance art. I've heard this. I've heard this conspiracy theory. I've heard it in Renaissance art, and I've heard it in hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. This one, however, has to do with an alien face hidden in the Mona Lisa. <laughs> okay. Conspiracy theorists now claim that UFOs and ETs are lurking in six famous artworks. We'll talk about these artworks briefly, but we'll talk specifically about the Mona Lisa and where they think that there is a UFO hiding in it. Uh, conspiracy theorists have long claimed that several famous artworks feature hidden depictions of aliens, and I point these out in this lecture. Uh, okay. Leonardo da Vinci is known for creating arguably the most famous painting in the world, which is the Mona Lisa. Uh, and I think well, I'll post this in the description of this program so you can see exactly what we're talking about. You can follow along. As we're, as we're reading this article, okay. the 30 by 20 inch masterpiece has been studied by, and it's a very small painting if you've ever seen it in, in person. The Mona Lisa? Oh, yeah, yes. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard it's very disappointing in, in person. Hey, now, she tries her best. <laughs> and um, I heard, like, you can't get close to it. It's behind all this glass. and yeah, yeah. But it is satisfying once you see it. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> the 30 inch by 21 inch masterpiece has been studied by art historians for generations however some people think that the painting and a few others by other famous artists hides evidence of aliens in the mona lisa if you apply a filter and mirror the image you can spot a creepy alien face over mona lisa's shoulder this bizarre theory was put like forward. Staring at her. Like, hey. I'll show you here in a second. So <laughs> the bizarre theory was put forward by the YouTube channel Paranormal Crucible, who evidently don't have much to do during the day. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, in the video, they the creators claim if the painting's colors are manipulated again there's manipulation going on okay here. so you gotta yep it's yeah. not just flat out there it's not available to the naked eye if the painting's colors are manipulated certain creepy images become apparent so again you have to make a trick of the eye in order for it to happen and that can be with anything right like you can make anything with a trick of the eye and proper lighting and whatnot right there are other paintings out there though that Let's just say it's more obvious. Okay. Okay. 
1475, there's St. Wolfgang or Wolfgang and the devil. Okay. There's a painting called The Baptism of Christ in 1710, which you would go, well, wait a minute. Where's the, where's the alien in that deal? Where you have to look, and I'll show you, Bruiser, at the top of the painting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That looks like a UFO. Yeah. It looks like a, it's, it's the wheel, wheel within a wheel, mm-hmm. and then there's light cascading down from it upon the baby Jesus. Yeah. It's the beams. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you go, whoa, wait a minute, right? Yeah. There's the, I'm probably not pronouncing this right either. Is it Svetashovile Cathedral Fresco from the 1600s? Now, in this painting, it's a little less obvious, but it is in the background. Can you see it? No. Oh, up on the left there? Yep. Up in the left-hand corner. It looks like a moon. Kind of, yeah. And a lot of UFO representation in the Renaissance art is made to look like a moon. So you don't know if it's representing a moon or if it's representing an actual UFO. But a lot of times, what they say is um, uh, a UFO or a craft, which is taking off, could be the representation of the moon. Okay. Okay. So it's it's hard to tell. That's no moon. That's it's no space moon. station. That's right. Uh, the Annunciation with Saint uh, Amadeus in uh, fourteen eighty six. Now I will show you the part that has the craft in it. There you go. That's that's pretty much five. Oh yeah, six. you can definitely see it. Yeah, that's five. And six, they all have the same beams coming out of it, yes. pointing at the same angle too. Have you noticed that? Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see here. And then from 1350, the crucifixion of Christ. This is the one that. Oh, yep. You can see the, they look like comets. Right. And, it, it, and, and that's the other thing that they look like, too. They look like comets. But in the and let me see if I can blow this up here. Inside the comet. You see a man. Oh, there's someone sitting in it. Yes, there's someone sitting in it. Yeah, and that's not human either. It doesn't look human. Right, right. So that that um, well, the, the 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 figure is is balled up within the the craft. Yeah, it looks like he's sitting in a cockpit. Right, and he does have hair, but there's not a lot of detail behind it. Maybe because they didn't get a good look at it. Maybe or it, but but it has blondish, orangish hair. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now was Saint Wolfgang or Wolfgang and the Devil in 1475? The work was created by famous German Renaissance painter Michael. Uh, is it Packer? I believe Packer in the 15th century. It's based on the legend that came claims Saint Wolfgang, the Bishop of Regensburg in Bavaria, uh, during the 10th century tricked the devil into building a church. Internet, internet sleuths believe the odd green-shaped figure, which supposedly represents the devil, is actually an alien in this uh, photo. In which, this. if we go back, they're, they're making that correlation between demon, demons and aliens. Right, and this is, this is what they're talking about here. That's a little, that's stretching. 
Yeah, that is. Yeah, because that's that's obviously their interpretation of what the devil is. Yeah, that's definitely a double. Yeah. The only reason it looks alien is it's gray, but I think that's just what they chose to make it, you know? Well, in the tail region, they put another face. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, here, I'll show you. Maybe right. it's just to show that the devil's an ass. See, in the in the tail region, there's another face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay. It's interesting. I think that's just making fun of Satan. It could be that. It's, it's, you know, you've heard of people talking out of their ass. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. In the baptism of Christ, uh, this moving scene was painted by Flemish artist Ayert de Gelder. Uh, in the image, we see a disc-shaped object that appears to shine beams of light on John the Baptist and Jesus. Many claim that this is one of the most convincing examples of UFOs being present in art. That's the one that the beams are coming down on the on the baptism. Right, and I can see how that can be on the moon, but it, just, it looks flat in it. Yeah. And the Svetoshovail Cathedral fresco, in the frescoes in the 1600s, uh, the 17th century fresco depicts the crucifixion of Jesus. It can be found in the Svetoshovail Cathedral in Georgia. Not, you know, obviously in, in, in uh, Europe, not Georgia in the U.S. Yeah. And shows two saucer-shaped crafts on either side of Christ. Uh, art historians have claimed these represent angels watching the event. That's the other thing, too, is that these crafts are supposed to represent flying angels. Okay. Yeah. Uh, art historians have claimed that these represent angels watching the event or the moon and the sun, like we pointed out earlier. Uh, however, during this period of Byzantine art, angels are usually depicted with wings and halos. Right. Yeah. Or they, and angels look like baby cherubs usually. Yes, not, not full-grown. No, no. They're usually baby cherubs. Right. Uh, the Annunciation with St. Amadeus in 1486 in his altarpiece painted by Italian artist Carlo Crivelli, we see angel Gabriel telling the Virgin Mary that she would become the mother of Jesus. Some theories suggest that the halo of the Holy Spirit depicted in the top left shining down a beam of light is actually a UFO. This wall mural from 1350 by an unknown artist can be found in the Visoki Decani uh, Monastery in Kovaso, or Kosovo, rather, not Kovaso, Kosovo. <laughs> oh, we're reading is hard today. Uh, two <laughs> odd-looking objects with pilots can be seen in the sky on both sides of Jesus. There are many explanations for what these symbols represent, uh, but some people like to believe that they are spaceships. So there you go. They look stuff. like they look like it's very interesting, yeah. and I'm curious too because they didn't have as much knowledge as we have now. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what they thought when they were painting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, was it an artistic take? Was it actually something they saw? You know what I mean? Right. Now, here is the flipped image. I cannot see it. You tell me. Can you see the demonic face in the Mona Lisa when you flip the image and put a filter on it? No. I don't. I mean, she looks a little more evil, and it looks like a snake on her by her arm, but no, I don't you, see anything. You don't see it? Okay. Like I said, I'm going to put this in the description of the, uh, of the uh, podcast here, and you take a look at this article yourself. You tell me if you can see what I see or what they see. 
here's a close-up of what they claim they can see when you see the mirror image. This is what they claim they see. I don't see that at all. No, and I'm trying to look to see where they... It looks like the Danzig logo. Yeah, it does. Um, I think... You know what? This may be at the... Is this at the crux of the... I don't know. Okay, here. So I'll blow it up again. Tell me where you see that. I don't see it. I, yeah, I can't see it anywhere. I don't know. In the interest of time, we'll move, we'll move ahead. But um, I, I, I just don't see the, the alien head that they're looking for. Yeah, that's, that's a stretch. It is. It is. And again, they're running it through a filter. They're, color, they're, they're using a color they're filter. They're flipping it. They're doing a whole bunch of manipulation yeah. to it. Yeah. And when you do things like that, of course, you're looking for things. Exactly. Yeah, of course you're going to look for things. Again, we're going to we're going to post this article in the description of the the uh, program, so you can see the the uh, UFOs and Renaissance art for yourself, and you can you can uh, get an idea of what we're talking about. Now we go to Mexico, Bruce. All right, south of the border, south of the border, where we were talking about those those mummified what they called aliens at one point. And we thought was cake, yep. That we thought were cake. They look delicious, by the way. They do. <laughs> it could be. I always thought it was going to be Tres Leches cake. Is that how you say it? Or Tre Leche cake? Tre Leche, yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. yes. The three milks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, delicious. I always thought it was Tre Leche cake. Yeah. I, I thought it was I thought it was a very good, like a uh, German chocolate cake. <gasps> yeah, with vanilla frosting, where if you cut into it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Of course. Well... It turns out we all may be wrong. Really? Yes. Now, the mummies that were found in the mine and presented to Mexico are feared to be scarier than aliens, if you're ready for this, Bruiser. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. <laughs> the exhibits identified as alien corpses and paraded in front of government officials in Mexico are feared to be scarier than aliens. Will Guy uh, Galison is, is what it is. I almost said Gaison, but it's Galison, who is a UFO enthusiast who reportedly saw the mummies firsthand after they were retrieved from a mine in, I believe, it's, is it Cusco or Cusco, Peru? Uh, and presented in Mexico. His alternative theory is that the corpses are 1,000-year-old dummies made from animal remains, possibly for ritual purposes. Okay. All right. I'll give him that. I can see that being man-made out of man animal remains. Sure. Uh, Mexican journalist and UFO researcher Jamie Masson, or Jaime Masson, uh, who also has been tracking suspected ET activity for decades, previously said nearly a third of their DNA is unknown. Mr. Masson said the so-called creatures were not part of our terrestrial evolution. Now, if it was made from animal remains and there were multiple animals, of course you wouldn't be able to track DNA or it wouldn't be of terrestrial origin. Exactly. Because you'd have all kinds of, you'd have DNA soup going on there. You wouldn't be able to track it from anywhere. No, you're just mixing it all together. Right. But Mr. Gallison, a friend of an archaeologist who analyzed the mummies, said that he doesn't believe that they are aliens. Mail Online reports Mr. Gallison's belief the ancient Incans may have made the corpses as a recreation of some form of being that they once encountered. Which makes sense, because they didn't have photographs back then. Right, so they might have made a dummy to say, hey, we ran into these beings, and this is what they looked like. So we made a statue of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. 
or hey, we're we're afraid of these, so because we don't know what they are, we can worship them. Here's, you know, yeah, uh, it's an idol. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's an idol. Uh, speaking this week, Mr. Gallison said the mummies shown at the conference were created with a mix of human and animal bones. The reporter added they found one bone in the arm of one of the mummies that clearly was not the organic bone that was there. So that raises the question, is the rest of it fake? Okay. All right. The alien enthusiast said that the mummies were clearly put together. However, it is hard to decipher if it was by someone in this century or part of an authentic ritual in Incan culture. Uh, I do not think that the mummies flew down in a saucer and landed on Earth recently or even a thousand years ago because the CT scan showed another thing, according to some of the doctors. The leg bones on these things were suffering from osteoporosis, he added. Really? Yeah. I wonder what animals can get osteoporosis besides humans. That's interesting. I don't know. However, Mr. Masson's expert opinion was supported by doctors at the original press conference in September. One medic told the meeting that the skeletons were complete. The hearing was was told that the mummies have just three fingers on their hands and feet with strong but light bones. They don't have teeth and appear to have stereoscopic vision akin to bird's eyes. Okay. Which is interesting in itself. So yeah. There you go. I don't know. They they keep digging further into this deal, and maybe eventually they'll crack it. But I like this theory though that it's it's an, a statue or an idol of some sorts that was created from different animals and, and materials and stuff. Because if you take that time period when they saw something they didn't understand, they thought it was a religious thing, so right. they create stuff for it. Right. And that's yeah. what that could explain why they're mummified and that could explain why they lasted so long in the, the condition they're in. Very true. Very true. We're going to take our break. When we come back, believe it or not, AI has been added to the list of weapons of mass destruction. Where it should be. <laughs> there you go. So that when we come back, also the godfather of AI was on 60 Minutes this last week. I don't know if you saw the interview or not. We'll detail some of what he had to say it was very interesting very interesting okay, okay. Uh, also later in the program why does it seem like most ghosts are female we'll talk about that that's a good question lady in white and a an investigator went up against one of the most haunted dolls in history and it didn't go well okay we have that story for you as well I'm curious what the one of the most haunted dolls is. I can't wait for that story. Yeah. And fresh off the press from (laughs) Mrs. Bruiser, one of the scariest Halloween decorations you may ever run into in somebody's front yard. Yep. And everybody thought it was. That's right. We'll we'll talk about that when we come back. It's a Supernatural News Wednesday with the Cruiser and the Bruiser right here on Darkness Radio. Welcome back. It is Supernatural News on a Wednesday, right here on the best in paranormal programming, Darkness Radio, 
It's a crew and the brother bringing you home on a Wednesday afternoon. We got Granny and we got the Rolling Stones. We got the Who bringing you home on a Wednesday afternoon. And we got some Ice Spice. <laughs> we even got Ice Spice. We got the Spice Girls. We got the girls bringing you home dancing and a singing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, so fun. That uh, that really rips my throat out when I. I was gonna that. say that that looks like it hurts. <laughs> it does. <clears throat> I I actually. How does Wolfman Jack do it? I spit blood at the end of just thirty seconds. I don't know how Wolfman Jack ever did it. Yeah, because he he, no idea. he didn't really talk like that. I don't think did he? Yeah, he did. That's right. Really? He talked like this all the time. <laughs> lots of Marlboros and lots of Jack Daniels. That's right. You know, actually, it was my old program director who who did the beginning of the show for years and years, Reed, Reed Hagen. When I said, uh-huh. Reed, how did you get that silky, smooth, low voice? He said, well, Tim, it was a lot of uh, cigars and Jack Daniels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I don't have the stomach for it. You know what else I don't have the stomach for, Bruiser? Nightmare fuel. That's right. Every week, you people think I can read this stuff and just live with myself. It's not true. It's scary. It is. This headline says, oh, no, AI drone swarms that choose their uh, choose to kill or choose their own kill targets. Rather. Oh, God. Are the next weapons of mass destruction. Scientists. Yeah, maybe we not create them. Simple. I fixed it. It's too late. (laughs) Don't create them. (laughs) Fixed it. Too late. Uh, Scientists have warned that autonomous drones powered by artificial intelligence could cause harm to civilians. Well, no shit! (laughs) Really? A robot that gets to choose its victim is going to hurt civilians because it can't tell civilians from soldiers? (sighs) Go figure. Not only do they not have a sense of humor and a a sense of decency, I can't even say it, Bruiser. They they don't know who to kill and who not to kill. No, they don't. No. Mm. They they hear a heartbeat, they shoot. That's right. In a recent study, researchers have claimed that AI-powered instruments... We're not talking about the calculator you had in school. <laughs> <laughs> ...are the new weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. So terrifying. Yeah. Technological progress has brought about the emergence of machines that have the capacity to take human lives without human control, the paper reads. These represent an unprecedented threat to humankind, it continued. These autonomous weapon systems, or AWS, include, and that's not the AWS that you measure football stats with in the commercials. I was going to say, but that is AI, isn't it? Technically, but it's a good kind of AI that you can cheat on your (laughs) fantasy football team with. Okay. I guess. Uh, these autonomous weapon systems include AI drones that are already developed by countries like the U.S. and China. Drones are aerial devices that initially were controlled remotely by a person. However, now they work autonomously without human control. Oh, sure, they get up in the sky and make pretty designs for your party, but then they shoot at you and kill you. Well, yeah, they get you happy. Like you're excited. Oh, yeah, it's my birthday. So they go up and they form happy birthday. And then all the guns point at you. They go, now you die. Now is it so you. happy? Is it so happy now? And then if you're dead, they just go back to their charging station like a job well done. Yep. They pat themselves on their own little back. Yep. 
with their gun. <laughs> Insect-sized drones that are reduced to undetectable devices capable of administrating lethal biochemical substances through their Oh, stings. so it's not even guns. It's, it's, they're going bio with it. Yeah, so you don't, you don't die quickly. You, no. You basically bleed from every orifice and yeah, your yeah. butthole comes out and your <laughs> nose just starts flowing with blood and your brain starts coming out your ears and yeah yep your liver you pee out your liver and yeah, yeah. Oh. sure we i don't know that we needed the graphic description but <laughs> yeah yeah okay uh they are they're capable of administrating lethal biochemical substances through their stings are also of concern to the researchers. They note that science and society are challenged by unprecedented technologies because they might not always be developed responsibly. Really? So then why are they developing them? That's that's the thing I don't get. You know there's a pro there could be a problem. There's a possibility of a Jurassic Park happening here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you have good intentions. Yeah. But but, but then you have to factor in human error. And human, you know, oh, I'm mad at this guy, so I'm going to send this drone. Just this one time. It'll just be this one time. Yeah, yeah. We won't do it again. We swear. Yeah. 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 We'll get to how that worked with the nuclear bomb. <laughs> yeah. Who do you suppose the Oppenheimer of AI is? Well, whoever the godfather is, the one that we're in, it was in 60 true, minutes. True, the guy we're going to talk about, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, the guy that literally came out and said, hey, it's learning too fast. We have to slow down. True, true. Uh, the potential consequences of deployment of AWS for citizen stakeholders are incommensurable, and it is time to raise awareness in the public domain of the kind of potential threats identified and to encourage legal policies, ensuring that these threats will not materialize, the paper went on to read. So will it, uh, since it's powered by AWS, do you think that when it kills you, it gives you your stats for your fantasy football team? I think it does right before it kills you, yeah. Yeah. Just to let you know how you're going to do next week. Yeah, like Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball in three seconds at an angle of 45 degrees for yeah. 140 yards. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you Thanks, won't be man. alive to see it. But yeah. well, no, no, they they time it out. They make sure that they don't give you the the butt exploding, <laughs> germ infested, brain oozing out of your ears injection till you know, because they get your hopes up. That's AI's thing. They want to get your hopes up and then kill you. They're like, by the way, would you like to shit out your nostrils or your butthole? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not good. By the way, you know, we were talking about uh, we were talking about this earlier on a different show about AI being used by lawyers. Oh yeah, yeah, and it lied. Yeah. Well, guess what? The lawyer got fired. There's a high price lawyer that decided to use it. Oh God. <laughs> he got caught with his pants down. Good. Good. A lawyer representing a well-known hip-hop star is accused of using AI in a major case and botching the most important portion of the trial. I really hope it's it's uh, Tupac or DMX's lawyer and it's their hologram that he's trying to fight for so the, the AI and the hologram are turning on this guy. <laughs> it's even worse. Okay. Uh, a Fuji's rapper convicted oh. in a multi-million dollar political scheme this spring is seeking a retrial after his defense lawyer apparently relied on AI to draft his closing arguments, <laughs> botching the single most important portion of the trial. 
because it's not his life on the line it's the other guys it's Pras michelle's yeah. life yeah he filed a blistering motion on monday accusing his former attorney david kenner of bungling his closing arguments in the high-profile trial last april Kenner used an experimental AI or artificial intelligence program to draft the closing argument, ignoring the best arguments and conflating the changed schemes, that's in quote, before publicly bragging that the AI program turned hours or days of legal work into seconds. You idiot. (laughs) Michelle's new defense team are from Arnt Fox Schiff. Or uh, uh, from Art Fox, Schiff said. Art okay. Fox. That doesn't is, sound like a legal team that's going to use good old-fashioned elbow grease in order to get it done either. No, it doesn't. The rapper's legal team continued, it is now apparent that Kenner and his co-counsel appear to have had an undisclosed financial stake in the AI program. Oh, great. And they experimented with it during Michelle's trial, uh, so that they could issue a press release afterward promoting the program, which is a clear conflict of interest. Yeah. Kenner, who has previously represented hip-hop artists, including Snoop Dogg and Suge Knight, that's probably why Suge's in jail. I was going to say, Suge went to jail because of AI. Yeah. Well, that and he's a dick. Well, there's that, too. Uh, apparently had an undisclosed financial interest in a company called Casefile Connect, which acted as a technology partner to the AI program iLevel AI. The brief asserts that Kenner and his co-counsel, uh, this is Elon Israeli, used Michelle's trial as an opportunity to promote Casefile Connect, which Kenner reportedly revealed to the courtroom at the end of the trial, according to a declaration accompanying the brief written by former federal prosecutor and Arnt Fox partner, Peter Zeidenberg. Zeidenberg. You think he handed out comment cards? <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this was done by AI. Please comment what you thought of my closing statement. Rate my... That card so we know what to report back to the AI company. Rate my brief. <laughs> uh, Zeidenberg pointed to a press release from iLevel that included a photo of Michelle and boasted that the company's technology made history by becoming the first use of AI in a federal trial. And it failed. <laughs> Miserably. Uh, in the announcement, Kenner is quoted as saying the AI program turned hours or days of legal work into seconds and called his use of the program a look into the future of how cases can or will be conducted. I want to make sure I quote that right. Uh, the news release fails to mention that Michelle was convicted on all 10 felony charges he faced. <laughs> oh, This is not a good representation for the AI thing. No, including trying to persuade the Trump administration to drop an investigation into Malaysian businessman Joe Lowe. Joe Lowe. Joe Lowe. Federal prosecutors claim that Michelle received approximately $100 million from Lowe, dubbed the Asian Great Gatsby, and illegally contributed Lowe's money to American political campaigns, including President Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. Okay. Yep. In addition to the alleged AI closing argument, the brief accuses Kenner of not preparing enough for the complex white-collar case and outsourcing trial preparation for or from inexperienced contract attorneys at a company co-founded by his co-counsel, who just happens to be an old friend of his. 
Michelle's new attorney. This is getting worse and worse the more know. and more you read. It's horrible. Michelle's new attorneys now say that because of Kenner's poor representation, he never had a chance. No, he didn't. That's horrible. And you know what? They're going to continue to use it. It has no, until it's an absolute 100% proven technology, it has no place in a courtroom, it has no place in a surgical theater, it has no place anywhere where anyone's life is at stake. Exactly. And I'm surprised they started at such a high profile case to try it, not something like a parking ticket or a yeah. jaywalking ticket. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. something real simple, civil. Yep. Someone's life doesn't depend on it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Meanwhile, sorry, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> 60 Minutes sat down with the godfather of AI, who says he fears the technology could one day take over humanity. Of course. Thanks for creating it, idiot. <laughs> Jeffrey Hinton hails the benefits of artificial intelligence, but also sounds the alarm on such things as autonomous battlefield robots fake news and unintended bias in employment and policing. Yikes. <laughs> Jeff, fake news. Jeffrey Hinton, who has been called the godfather of AI, sat down with 60 Minutes last Sunday to break down what artificial intelligence technology could mean for humanity in the coming years, both good and bad. Hinton is a British computer scientist and cognitive psychologist best known for his work on artificial neural networks, a.k.a. the framework of AI. He spent a decade working for Google before leaving in May this past year. He cited concerns about the risk of AI, by the way, when he did. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that story coming up. Yeah. Here's a look at what Hinton had to say to 60 Minutes interviewer Scott Pelley. We'll just hit the highlights here. After highlighting the latest concerns about AI to set up the segment, Pelly opened the Q&A with Hinton by asking him if humanity knows what it's doing. No, Hinton replied. I think we're moving into a period when, the, or when for the first time ever, we have things more intelligent than us. Hinton expanded on that by saying he believes the most advanced AI systems can understand, are intelligent, and can make decisions based on their own experiences. When asked if AI systems are conscious, Hinton said that due to a current lack of self-awareness, they probably aren't, but that day is coming in time. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and he agreed with Pelly's take that subsequently and consequence, uh, consequently, uh, human beings will be the second most intelligent beings on the planet. <sighs> Thanks for creating a jackass. After the idea was floated that Hint or by Hinton that AI systems may be better at learning than the human mind. Pelly wondered how, since AI was designed by people, which is a notion that Hinton corrected. He said, no, it wasn't. What we did was we designed the learning algorithm. That's a bit like designing the principle of evolution, Hinton said. But when this learning algorithm then interacts with data, it produces complicated neural networks that are good at doing things. But we don't really understand exactly how they do those things. But isn't the data being put in by us? By humans? Yes and no, because eventually AI, when it becomes self-learning, will take that data and put it in itself. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Even though some of it could be wrong. Mm -hmm. 
Hinton did say that some of the huge benefits of AI have already been seen in healthcare with its ability to do things like recognize and understand medical images along with designing drugs. This is one of the main reasons Hinton looks at his work or on his work with such a positive light. But it shouldn't be because he should know that in the medical field, creating drugs and all that, it, it could make a mistake because it doesn't know what's making a mistake and that could harm somebody. Well, but scientific formulas really don't have a room for, it's a good way of putting this, they don't have a room for error. A plus B, or I'm sorry, one plus two is always three. Correct. Yeah. But then when you throw in the other numbers in there, and the AI starts thinking for itself. What you can't measure, and you're right about this, what you can't measure is the effect in everybody's different body chemistry. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you can measure what the effect is outside in a lab. In a controlled environment, you know what it will do. The chain reaction of what the medication will do. Mm. And therefore, you know it will, if it's tested on mice, and you put in what the reaction is, on a percentage basis, that AI knows based on percentages what the medication will do and if it's safe. Okay, but you got to factor in human error. Inputting it's supposed to be ten percent, they put put zero one percent. Well, no, no, no. Now the AI no, no, uses no. the mistake if, that was inputted by the human. If AI takes over, and AI is doing the co computations, it's there's no human error. Okay. There's, there's I, just, no I still just don't trust. I don't like AI around. I just I don't trust AI. That's that's just what it comes down to. I don't think there's well, now, any positive they're, to AI. They're using AI in in developing medications at the University of Minnesota. They are okay. Yeah, and 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 they used it in developing. I'm trying to remember the name of the cancer drug. And it actually, was quite successful. It was okay. Yeah, but that's not 100% AI. That's that's scientists and doctors and ai working together it's, correct it's ai assisted i don't know how much ai was used in see it, i'm but. that i'm okay with but we can't let it have full control no i i hear you like i said and when when human lives are are in the balance i don't know that i trust it 100 percent. exactly yeah uh hinton goes on to say we have a very good idea sort of roughly what it is doing uh, as far as Hinton said of how AI systems teach themselves. But as soon as it gets really complicated, we don't actually know what's going on any more than we know what's going on in your brain. Okay. As far as how you learn. Uh, that sentiment was just the tip of the iceberg or of concerns surrounding AI, which Hinton pointing to one big potential risk as the systems get smarter. One of the ways these systems might escape control is by writing their own computer code to modify themselves. And that's something we need to seriously worry about. Hinton added that as AI takes in more and more information from things like famous works of fiction, election media cycles, and everything in between, AI will just keep getting better at manipulating people. I think in five years' time, it may well be able to reason better than us. Hinton said. Really? Yeah. And what that means is risks like autonomous battlefield robots, fake news and unintended bias in employment and policing. Uh, 
Not to mention, Hinton said, having a whole class of people who are unemployed and not valued much because what they used to do is now done by machines. Yeah. So basically, to make matters worse, Hinton said he doesn't really see a path forward that totally guarantees safety. We're entering a period of great uncertainty when we're dealing with things we've never done before. And normally, the first time you deal with something totally novel, you get it wrong. And we can't afford to get it wrong with these things, meaning AI. When pressed by Pelly, if that means AI may one day take over humanity, Hinton said, yes, that's a possibility. I'm not saying it will happen. If we could stop them ever wanting to, that would be great. But it's not clear we can stop them ever wanting to. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Hinton said that this could be a bit of a turning point where humanity may have to face the decision of whether to develop these things further and how people should protect themselves if they do. I think my main message is there's an enormous uncertainty about what's going to happen next, Hinton said. These things do understand, and because they understand, we need to think hard about what's next, and we just don't know. Pelly reported that Hinton said he has no regrets about the work he's done, uh, given AI's potential for good, but that now it's time to run more experiments on how to understand, to impose certain regulations, and for a world's treaty to ban the use of military robots. See, that I like. Yeah. And I like that he wants regulations and all that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's going to take a while. Look at what the internet, when the internet came out and stuff like that, it took a while for us to, to... to catch up and form laws and regulations and all that. You know what I mean? Um, so I wonder how long it's going to take with these. Well, it shouldn't take as long as it took us to regulate internet. Cause I guarantee you, if it takes us that long, we'll be buried. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We'll be buried underneath the, the makings of our own creation. <laughs> yes, we will. Very much so. Um, because we took way too long to, to regulate things like, um, even child predator laws and things like that. And we're still regulating them. They're changing every single year. Legislation is changing. Yeah. And let's face it. People know how to corrupt the technology quicker than we know how to regulate it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. All right. This just in, and credit to Mrs. Bruiser for this uh, news story. This from North Carolina. A body is mistaken for a Halloween decoration in China Grove. (laughs) Now, you want to talk about creepy. Okay, so you've got the kids. You're out trick-or-treating. Yeah. You walk up to a house. I'm just saying this is a for instance, that this didn't actually happen. But you walk up to, and people have amazing Halloween decorations. Oh, yeah. There's... I've seen a few out here where it's like, that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And people even, I mean, they dress up when we were kids, we had a, I got to say a a little shout out to the Rankins. Okay. In, in Ham Lake, the, um, my buddy, Kyle Rankin, his, his family used to do it, do it up for Halloween. In fact, you couldn't tell what was, in, in the 70s and 80s, what was their version of animatronic? Because they didn't have animatronic. It was all pulleys and stuff like that. Yeah. What was fake and what was Mr. Rankin in a costume? My dad was that way. Yeah, in the front yard and just yep. standing absolutely still. And then all of a sudden, boom, out of a corner, there he is. And absolutely scaring the crap out of you. 
Yeah, my my dad did that. Uh, He every year he'd put two scarecrows on the front porch, and he would be one during when trick or treat would happen. He'd get in one of the costumes. You didn't know which one, and he'd do that. And then the other uh, the other one, what he'd do is because people like, oh, this is the fake one. He put a CB speaker in there. Yes. And then my mom could sit inside the kitchen, look out the window, and after he gives them the jump scare, you know, and they're scared. She would say something oh. out of the other. Yep. So they get a double, uh, double dose of the jump scare. Right. So you have people who are genius like this yeah. every year, every yeah. year in their yards, right? The director of um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, Jason mm-hmm. Lips. If mm-hmm. you remember how that movie starts out, it's it's Jason gets a a spike in the chest and a lightning bolt hits him and he, he's reanimated. Well, the director took the grave home. And put it in his front yard with, with a uh, leg hanging out. Oh my god! And it got to the point where delivery men wouldn't deliver because they thought it was a real. It was real. Mm-hmm. And now that's a movie prop, so we're going real hardcore with it. But still, that's <laughs> well, right. And even Jason Blum was on um, late night with Seth Meyers this past week, and he was talking about how the entire month he's he's celebrating. He goes to different Halloween parties dressed up as he goes dressed as a woman to most. Um, and famous women at that. So okay. different movie characters and things like that. And so he and his wife will swap. So she'll, she'll dress, they'll go as famous couples. Okay. Okay. So yep. the wife will go as the guy, he'll go as the, the woman and he'll, and, and you can't tell it's a woman. You just can't. Yeah. I mean, but he's got, he's like, but I've got a whole team of makeup people and prosthetics people. And, you know, yeah. I get ready for six hours and, but I mean, some of the costumes he wears is just amazing. But then he says he turns the entire house into this just Halloween nightmare scenario. Um, My daughter, she's because she's going to college for it every all year round. She's got stuff hanging out and she'll send me the first thing she ever sent me was a pencil through her hand. Oh, my God. And I was at in Atlanta. I can tell you exactly what I was in Atlanta and we were doing pre-tapes and she sent me just the picture. And I said, oh, my God, you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> and she goes, no, this is my new makeup stuff. What do you think? I'm like, well, you obviously fooled me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you need to go to the hospital. So I asked her what she's doing for the. And this year, every day, she has a new makeup creation for on her campus that she's going to go to school with and stuff. With prost- it's, it's amazing. I'll just send you some of the pictures. Oh, yeah, most definitely. We have a friend up here in Minneapolis, Jackie, who's worked on the side of The Walking Dead. She's walked, er, worked... Um, up here at Dead End Hayride, um, and does an amazing job. And she's, uh, and I haven't talked to Jackie in a couple months, but uh, she's listening. How you doing, Jackie? We miss you. Um, and she's nothing, amazing as well. But nothing beats the real thing. No, no. <laughs> like what the story says. <laughs> right. Now, this is a little different. Uh, a woman says she is desperate for answers after a man's dead body was mistaken for a Halloween decoration in a China Grove yard in North Carolina. A GoFundMe account organized by Haley Revis states a 34-year-old Robert Owens was found dead and stripped of clothing in a yard. A lawn care employee says he assumed Owens was a Halloween decoration or a mannequin for canine training, thus never reported the sighting to the authorities. That according to Owens GoFundMe. However, the China Grove Police Department tells WCCB that the groundskeeper or the log cabin told them that he saw the body Monday morning when he was moving 
but thought it was a fake dummy used for training by numerous law enforcement agencies who were on the property over the last few years and did not report it. (laughs) The next day on October 10th, police say another worker at the property reported the body to authorities. Oh, yeah. That's something you have to go. If you see that, you have to go up and poke it with a stick. <laughs> at least well, poke it with a stick. Well, see least, if it's real. At least go up and see if it's okay. If the person's okay. Exactly. Like, I've worked with police dogs from, from my dad was in the, the police academy. Their dummies don't look that real. Right, <laughs> right. They, they, they kind of look like the CP, CPR dummies. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Now, of all the creepy things, we're going to talk about this date a little later in the program. Police say an autopsy was conducted on Friday, October 13th. Ooh. Yeah. There was a little confusion in the chat room as to where Friday the 13th came from. We're going to talk about that later in the program. I saw that. Yeah. And preliminary findings ruled out any signs of assault or trauma to the body. Police say they are still awaiting the toxicology report to determine the cause of death. No other details have been released at this time. If we if we come up with a follow-up, I'll tell you. I bet you he, he died in either an overdose or natural causes, and somebody thought he was just a, a mannequin, so they took, took his clothes and left him. Well, what could be scary is, is it might have been a murder, too, and maybe somebody threw him out. That could be, too. Yeah. Who knows? Well, again, we'll keep you updated as we hear things. So the question has been put out there, Bruiser, by AtlasObscura.com. Why are there so many female ghosts? That when you said it, that got my brain thinking. A lot of the ghosts, because you have the Lailarana, the screaming lady, you have the lady in white. Mm-hmm. We have a succubus. Mm-hmm. Um Bloody Mary. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, that, there's a lot. There's a of lot. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's not even the tip of the iceberg that I'm naming. There's almost always a, no matter what haunted site you go to, there's almost always a legend of a female ghost. Yeah. 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 There are, she was raped and murdered in this. Uh, she was a prostitute that did this. She was a young girl that fell down this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, female ghosts seem to dominate the afterlife. Whether the spirits are real or not, the reasons for the disparity could be revealing. Uh, it says here, if you drive south of San Antonio, Texas on Applewhite Road, past the fire station and the Toyota plant and pull just or over just shy of the Medina River, uh, you can walk a few hundred feet through the tranquil forest and patchy sunlight to where a small bridge crosses a burbling stream and just out of sight of the highway. There on certain evenings, when the last rays of light cut through a deepening shadow, and the sound of the wind has faded from the treetops, you may have an experience you cannot easily explain. A rustle in the undergrowth, a flicker in your vision, the distinct clopping of hooves, and you may not see her, but as many visitors report, okay, this isn't a scary name, but the donkey lady was nearby. (laughs) The donkey lady. The donkey lady is somebody you see at a Tijuana show. Yes, exactly. You go to the donkey show. Yeah. Uh, this quirkily named phantom has for decades been said to haunt the San Antonio Bridge. Visitors report the sound of hoofbeats and distant screams. Oh, God. And I just think donkey lady and distant screams. And again, I go back to Tijuana. <laughs> That's, that, that deserves one of these. <laughs> there you go. 
and the presence of a specter, her face and body disfigured, lurking nearby. Some even claim to have found hoof prints on their cars, which is interesting, despite the apparent danger. Wait, so she's taking her donkey and <laughs> oh, come on. over your no, car. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, despite the apparent danger, or perhaps because of it, the Donkey Lady Bridge has become a popular spot with locals eager for a ghostly encounter and a tourist attraction of sorts. Well, it's either eager eager ghost hunters for a ghostly encounter or it's a bunch of drunk frat guys that got lost and just <laughs> hey, let's go see a donkey show. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Marcella, Maricela Barrera, who is a San Antonio-based artist, said, when I moved to San Antonio in 2002, the first stop that my friends brought me to was not the Fiesta or the Riverwalk or even the Alamo. It was the Donkey Lady Bridge. (laughs) Well, now I know it's there. Next time in San Antonio, that's where I'm going. I got to go there, too. I got to see it for myself. I'm literally going to Mrs. Bruiser. Hey, let's go see a donkey show. (laughs) No. As one version of the story goes, the Donkey Lady is the ghost of a woman who lived outside of San Antonio more than a century ago, raising donkeys on a farm by herself. She died in a fire that left her body horribly maimed and unable to find peace, her spirit lingers near the bridge. For Barrera, the supernatural persistence, similar in some ways to the stubborn animals the unnamed woman raised, is a measure of her spirit's strength. The donkey lady stands her ground, she says. She's so strong-willed that she could survive despite her circumstances. Real or not, the donkey lady is also representative of a curious trend found throughout American folklore. A significant proportion of ghosts, from the omnipresent lady in white to the spectral Mrs. Spencer, who haunted Joan Rivers' New York apartment, are women. There is no conclusive database of hauntings uh, to reference, of course, uh, though perhaps there should be. But browse through lists of haunted places and famous ghosts, and you'll notice a distinct bias. It does really seem that the numbers are skewed more towards female ghosts, said Leanna Renee uh, Heber, who is a writer and co-author of A Haunted History of Invisible Women, True Stories of America's Ghosts. Potential explanations range from the supernatural to the mundane. Do women's souls have more sticking power? Are women more motivated to return after their mortal coil has been shuffled? Are female ghosts more memorable to us? Or perhaps we're more likely to think of a woman in a white dress when we see an errant patch of fog or ectoplasm. It could be, as Gothic master Edgar Allan Poe once wrote, that dead women are simply more emotionally resonant than dead men. The death, then, of a beautiful woman is unquestionably the most poetic topic in the world, Poe wrote in his essay of the philosophy of composition. Whatever the reason, the preponderance of ghostly women is interesting for much the same reasons that ghosts themselves are interesting, regardless of your belief in the supernatural. There's a saying that seeing is believing, but it's equally true that believing is seeing, says Anna Stone, who's a psychologist and researcher at the University of East London. Our ghosts are a reflection of our own beliefs about what ought to be happening, which is our own desires. What then is the most common thread that unites feminine specters like Gertrude Treadwell, who haunts the Merchant's House in New York City, the Bell Witch that tormented the Bell family in Tennessee, and the undead forlorn lover said to claw at cars passing over Emily's Bridge in Vermont. Like women's evolving role in society, the answer is complex. 
there's just like layers and layers and layers of the way female identity as it's constructed in Western society in the last two to three centuries overlaps and intersects with the deathly, said Andrea Janes, who runs the ghost tour companies, Burls of the Dead, and co-wrote A Haunted History of Invisible Women with Heber. Uh, One big factor could be the gravitational pull of the Victorian era when ghost stories abounded on present-day culture. It was a time when gender roles were becoming tightly confined, Heber says, in response to a changing industrial society. Uh, That meant women were more tightly tied to the domestic sphere in their houses and even after death. Uh, In a time before funeral parlors, it was often women who washed and prepared the dead, further strengthening their connection with death. Add to that a a predilection toward romancing death, as Poe did, and you've got a formula for memorable dead women and their ghosts. Women also took a more central role in the otherworldly around this time, Heber says, from their involvement with the spiritualist movement as mediums to a a growing cadre uh, of 19th century authors like Rhoda Broughton and Charlotte Riddell. Uh, penning stories populated by phantasms and spirits who were often women. The pump was primed, as it were, for women to be involved in ghost lore because they had been directly involved in creating it, Heber says. A ghost's purpose has shifted over time, too. In medieval times, ghosts were manifestations of cautionary tales. A woman might return as a ghost if she transgressed society's boundaries or committed a perceived wrong. Think, for example, of Anne Boleyn's ghost wandering Hampton Court with her head under her arm. Those cautionary tales cut both ways. In medieval times, being a ghost was typically a punishment for misdeeds, real or perceived. Later, it was ghosts like the Bell Witch, rumored to have been killed, uh, Bell family patriarch John Bell doing the punishing. We have an innate sense of justice. We all do, Stone says. We like to see bad people punished and good people rewarded, however long it takes. For a woman abused by her husband or cast out by her community, the post-mortal realm may have been the only avenue for recompense available. Her story, relayed by women to their family members and friends, could then serve as its own kind of healing. There's some kind of comfort in the fact that you can haunt someone forever if they failed to meet your needs in life, Jane says. Ghost stories are also a means of preserving history for past women who may not have had the right to own property, represent themselves in court, or even keep their last names. A ghost story may be the most powerful means of being remembered. As ghosts, women have a staying power. They have a voice, Heber says. In San Antonio, that voice became literal in 2018 when Barrera established a hotline for San Antonio residents to call and leave messages about their encounters with the donkey lady. Some lucky callers, the donkey lady even picked up for and talked back, believe it or not. The donkey lady did? Yeah. Oh, okay. The hotline received thousands of calls, Barrera says, and the responses revealed a community with a diverse and sometimes contrasting opinion. The donkey lady received marriage proposals, she says. <laughs> she received... I love you and your donkey. <laughs> She received sweet messages. She received laughs. She received, believe it or not, racist messages. Oh, gee, of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, The donkey lady story, as originally told, reflects some stereotypes of female ghost stories. Stereotypes that also reflected in haunted house attractions. 
She was seen as a spinster, an independent woman raising livestock in male-dominated ranching country who may have been marginalized by her community. Her death was gruesome, perhaps befitting her status as an outcast. But the donkey lady also embodies the strength and resourcefulness of women who struck out on their own. In San Antonio, Barrera says strong, independent women are sometimes called a burra, which translate as something close to donkey lady. It is perhaps her spirit of independence, more than anything else, that lent the donkey lady her fearsome aura. It is sort of scary when a female then does not meet a cookie-cutter type of identity, Barrera says. It is scary, or is it scary, she says, when a female then has the strength. In San Antonio, the story of the donkey lady has been around for decades, the details shifting with the times. In some versions, she's ferocious. In others, she's a misshapen victim. And yet others, a steadfast protector. But always, she is there. And there you go. That's a crazy story. That is. But I, cool. I like how I never really thought about women being more spectral. You know what I mean? But I think it goes along the lines, too, of when you hear these, like like you said, the, the tales of the ghosts were a cautionary tale back in the day. Yep. And if you think about it, they can suck, suck you in because you, females are more trustworthy. You know yep. what I mean? When you're talking about a female and all this, and then you drop the hammer on them like, oh, yeah, there's this lady in San Antonio, and she went out on her own, and she raised these donkeys, and she was a great donkey lady, and then a fire came and ravaged her. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of tales involve women. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, from one bit of paranormal activity to another that's actually terrorizing a family, they say we're not going to let this thing run our lives. Oh, uh, good. This house, is is it haunted or is this a bunch of ghostly gobbledygook is the headline. A Pennsylvania couple is sending shivers across social media after recording the so-called paranormal activity in their house, which evokes something out of a found footage horror film. Papa John's pizza employee, Jorge Luis Cruz Molina, and his wife claim their house in the aptly named Erie, Pennsylvania, is haunted. As Why did they have to throw away some Papa John's employee? <laughs> uh, probably because it could just be gas. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they claim that their house in Erie, Pennsylvania, is haunted, as evidenced by multiple inexplicable occurrences. In order to prove their imaginations aren't just running wild, the petrified pair have posted footage of the alleged ghostly phenomena on their TikTok page, which is at magical poltergeist, like poultry. (laughs) So it's at magical P-O-U-L-T-E-R-G-E-I-S-T, poltergeist, uh, where they boast over 150,000 followers. That's a lot. That is a lot, yeah. They say we are not going to take, or we are not going to let this thing rather run our lives. We are going to continue to try and do anything we can to stop this activity. The family wrote in one recent post, alongside a chilling video that shows a door shutting, lights flickering, and wall hung crucifix spinning up the wall. Hmm, that would be creepy. Yeah. A little, I'd have to see it, though. A little questionable, too. I'll, I'll, I'd have to see the video because there's ways to do that. Yeah, I'll post this one as well. Uh, in one of the unsettling clips, Molina's wife can be seen freaking out and screaming for her husband as the bedroom door suddenly closes and stuff falls off a, a shelf. 
Other clips purport to show objects levitating, chairs rocking by themselves, fridge doors opening on their own, and other seemingly spectral events seemingly ripped from Toby Hooper's 1982 classic Poltergeist. That's with the U-L-T-E-R Geist. That's what makes me think that I don't know if this is legit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, their most recent clips show a doll switching its sitting position on a chair. It's yet unclear whether these inexplicable occurrences are evidence of paranormal activity. However, these aren't the first clips to set the Ghostbusters oroscopes tingling as of late. Uh, last month, the UK couple was left wondering if their dream home is haunted after a ghost spooked a visiting dog during the early hours of a recent morning with the whole otherworldly episode caught on camera. Uh, I'll post this one in the description of the program as well. You can look for this one as well and see if this is uh, this is truly what they say it is. Um, let me see if well, I can. He's a Papa John's employee. He's trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> he says so for Oh, let me see if I can. Can I play this one back? Let me see. I got to get the New York Post thing out of the way. Let me see if this is. Oh, I can play this one for you, I think. This is the picture at least. They claim that's spinning on the wall. See, you can make that spin no problem because it looks yeah. like there's a room behind them. Yeah, yeah. She just drilled through the wall. Yep. Put the put the crucifix on a spinner and go to town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't easy. And then the stuff falling off the shelf because the door slams. Well, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, it ain't easy being cheesy. We'll, we'll post that so you can get a good look at it and you can decide yourself. And also check out their, their TikTok and you'll, uh, you'll be able to see for yourself. Uh, this story says, I visited the most haunted doll in the world and now people say I'm cursed. <laughs> Paranormal investigator Kalani Smith regularly explores haunted places and shares his creepy experiences on TikTok with his 2.7 million followers. How do you do oh, it? Wow. That's a lot of followers. Yeah. Including a trip to see what is reported to be the most haunted doll in the world. Uh, this man claims to be a professional ghost hunter and has revealed his most horrifying ex exploration to date. It says people now believe he is cursed. Kalani Smith regularly explores haunted places. And shares his creepy experiences on TikTok. Again, 2.7 million followers. I think he's bragging. Uh, <laughs> including a trip to see what is reported to be the most haunted doll in the world. Which one is it? We'll tell you. We'll tell you in a second. Uh, the 25-year-old claims to have, or claims he has previously spotted a little girl lurking in an abandoned house used to film a horror movie, as well as hearing unexplained voices while in a mansion built in 1872. Along with fellow explorer known as exploring with Josh, the pair went to make a ritual sacrifice to a well-known cursed doll, Robert the doll, by the way. Why is he making sacrifices to Robert the doll? I don't know. Cause isn't that the one, Robert's the one where you just have to go in and ask permission to take a picture with him. Right, 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 right. Um, while the clip posted on Instagram has racked up eight, 88,000 views and over 9,000 likes. Many of his regular social media viewers are refusing to tune in as it's believed that even one look at the toy can unleash his curse. Kalani said we got attacked after the blood ritual was performed. Oh, they did a blood ritual. They did a blood ritual. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm sure Robert likes that. Then you got it coming. And felt like we caught on fire, Kalani said. It got insanely hot, and then we both ended up throwing up. Well, you had it coming. 
<laughs> uh, Josh was considering going to the hospital as his condition didn't improve. He was laying down, pouring water on himself. He said, and we had eventually to leave the property for 20 minutes before returning to continue our investigation in his chamber. <laughs> Someone's not too bright. No. Uh, in the clip, the pair reveal what they say have been the terrifying repercussions of being in contact with the doll after offering up their blood as a sacrifice. Josh films himself struggling to breathe before almost throwing up as he speaks with a friend on the phone about their demonic experience with the doll. The video cuts to another clip of him a week later where he explains that Robert is believed to be more haunted than Annabelle. He claims that over 10,000 letters have been written in the past to the museum where he is kept in. Filled with apologies after dealing with his wrath, Josh claims that since filming, he suffered a continuous stream of bad luck, including a canceled flight, which happens all the time. Yeah, lost nowadays. Lost baggage, which happens as well. And an inflamed, painful eye. Which just okay, could stop be, farting on your pillow. Yeah, exactly. Which could be pink eye, which, <laughs> you know, go get some medication. Uh, users flocked to the comments to share their reactions, with many people left upset and concerned about the risky ordeal. One said, you don't have to gamble yourself just to make a good video. Next time, be more careful, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't need to do a blood sacrifice to Robert. The rules are there. Yeah, yeah. If you want to see if Robert's real, just don't follow the rules. I think there's something there that says, don't be a dumbass. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another urged, dude, this is too much. Think of your own safety. And another added, please take care of yourself, Josh, and be careful. I feel really worried about you. You shouldn't be if he does a blood sacrifice. I mean, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's alleged that in 1904, a little boy called Gene Otto was given Robert the doll by his parents and became inseparable from the toy. Soon, his parents started to hear voices and spotted the doll moving around the house on its own. Since then, due to its well-known cursed nature, it became a popular figure in the paranormal world and has inspired the Chucky horror films. Kalani from Nashville. Oh, you can drop by and tell him he's a dumbass, Bruiser. <laughs> if you'd like. He's definitely not a professional ghost nope. a paranormal investigator. No. He visited the doll at a museum in Key West, Florida. During a paid investigation tour around his chamber, he claims the experience was wild, in quotes, and has expressed his deepest apologies to Robert. I'm sure Robert said, yeah, dumbass, no problem. <laughs> uh, in the hopes he'll avoid any cursed luck. Well, I think it's a little too late. Yeah, you did a blood sacrifice to him. Yeah. You, you broke the rules. Yep. 25-year-old added, the doll is rumored to curse people that film or video him without permission. Then why did you? Exactly. Just ask permission. Jesus. And we didn't ask, he said. Well, then you got what you deserved. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. You just, you literally proved what you were trying to prove. He says, we didn't pick him up and he stayed in his case while we were outside of the room. But once we unveiled him, an electric and heavy feeling filled the air. We got some voices that came through on our voice recorder and equipment going off in the chamber. There was also something that came through the spirit box, which said it wanted us to stay forever and forever and forever. <laughs> Thank you for the blood. You now stay. You dumb fuck. Well, you had it coming, buddy. Guess what, Josh? Robert, Robert's is the creepy dog it's poorly made. Yeah. Guess what, Josh? You're going to hell. <laughs> with Robert. Yeah, with Robert. So enjoy. At least he's a cute little guy. Yep. 
Yeah. And when he's buggering you in the ass with a condom made of fire, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. <laughs> but I did a blood sacrifice. Exactly. <laughs> you want to see something else bloody? Check your behind. <laughs> Just saying. You're not my bitch. <laughs> Speaking of scary, hellish things. Okay. <laughs> it's a good segue. I couldn't I couldn't yeah. I couldn't mess it. Uh, a real priest is warning people why the new film The Exorcist Believer is potentially dangerous. Ah. Well, you hadn't saw it. Did anything happen to you? No, I'm good. Okay, good. Good yeah, to hear. But I said uh, 10 Hail Marys and tell, 10 Our Fathers on the way in. Did you? Okay. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, here's the thing. It's a movie. Yeah. Yeah, you're not based on real life. No. It's a movie. They're actors. You're good. Um, they say there's some spoilers for the Exorcist believer. Let's just get down to why he thinks. Yeah, this is bad. Um, didn't they think the original Exorcist was bad too? They, that you'd be possessed if you went to see it. They did, uh, and they, that's why people were vomiting and leaving the theaters because they were possessed. Basically, yeah. The, the I'll, I'll give it this. Now, when I reviewed the movie, we've had we've now had a, a, a week and a half, almost two weeks now, for people to see the movie. I'm right. not going to spoil anything for you, but they do allude to the fact that the girls use divination, and I think that's what the the priest is alluding to here. That the, they they show the girls using divination to try to contact one of the girls' mothers who's passed okay. away in the movie. Okay. And that she's lonely. She wants to talk to her mother. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the big spoiler alert. I don't think that's much of a spoiler. Um, and in that, you know, the father is saying, well, that's, that's, you know, divination is communicating with unclean spirits. And th this is opening you up to, and opening yourself up to potential demons. And this is why, you know, and, and showing this on film is, is, is not healthy. And, and this is what's going to cause well, people. She used to the Ouija board in the first one. That's what they were saying. You know, don't, this is promoting the Ouija board and all that. I'm not going to tell you how they do it in this film. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, they do it by vacuum evidently. <laughs> yes, they do it by vacuum in this film. Um, they, uh, uh, <laughs> that's what it was. Um, no, they, they uh, I won't tell you how they do it in this film. And I think that's what the, the spoiler is. I'm not going to tell you how they do it. Um, and I'll, I'll gloss over the article. Um, but essentially, you're, you're going to have clergy come out and say, well, don't mess with this stuff. That There's a reason why, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'll tell you this yeah. much. And this is what it comes down to, folks. Anytime you use a divination tool, you're going to have to protect yourself. Exactly. That's all there is to it. You should be protecting yourself before you do any investigation anyways. Correct. Correct. Whether you're using, if you're a religious person, you're using prayers of protection. Or if you're imagining yourself bathed in a white light. Or you're grounding and shielding yourself if you're of, of a Wiccan uh, persuasion. I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't care if you worship a rock. Yeah. As long as you're protecting yourself in some way you have to do that in order to not let evil in there is good and evil in this universe yes you can't pretend there's not you just can't because there is 
And if you if you think everything is love, light, and unicorn farts, there, it's just it, it, there isn't. No, it's not one sided. And if you think that's the case too, you're going to get got. And then after you're done, you should be doing a cleansing. I to, I believe so. Yeah. 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 I I don't think it's especially when you're doing a divin, divination. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. Protect yourself, then cleanse yourself. Yeah. You can never, you know, because you don't know what's coming through. Yeah, you can never be too careful. Don't, and, you, you can never and, be too careful. And it's hard, and I understand it's hard for grieving people. Like here, you said, the the girl wanted to talk to her mother. Her, her mother who passed away. Right. We all have someone that's passed away we'd like to have a couple more minutes with. Yes. Don't think, though, don't get sucked in that the person you're talking to on the other end of that is that loved one. Because that's how evil finds a way in. Well, you and I, you and I might part a little bit on this because I've I've had genuine psychic experiences mm-hmm. and know that you can. Uh, for those of you who are psychic out there, you can have those experiences. It can happen. Yeah. Um, but like Bruiser said, you, you should close that door properly when you've had that experience. You should do everything you can to thank your guides, to do what you can to ground, shield, protect yourself. Know what it feels like to be potentially in communicate with something that isn't quite good. Yeah. There's a difference. You know what that difference feels like. Um, and if you have been to do what you can to, at that point, cleanse yourself. Right. I'm not telling anybody anything if you're if you're experienced that you don't already know. And if you're not experienced, get to somebody who can teach you. That's that's the lesson here. Um, so I'm not going to go through the entire article. You know what it is. But again, there's this real priest that's out there that's telling people, well, yeah, the, the film can be potentially dangerous. Maybe for a teenager that's looking to experiment. Yes. But again. Or, or a new person to this world and they're not like you said there you got to find someone experienced to teach you mm-hmm. and but if you're a responsible parent you're not letting a teenager watch that movie without giving them some explanation right and this i think back to remember when the craft came out yeah and then and then wiccan blew up in popularity and all that sure and and then the number i remember i was in high school and that all happened and i just remember um telling a friend of mine who wanted to do that i go that that's cool you're interested in that but find someone to teach you don't well, just go pick up a book i wouldn't even say that qualified as wiccan that that was more of a dark art movie i know but i'm just saying like you know that's that's the popularity that came out and that's what a lot of people in my area at least were drawn to which i'm not against go ahead cool you want to experiment awesome but find someone to educate you so that you're not going in blind because you're messing with forces that you don't know about and like you said there's good and evil in everything right if you if you truly want to be wiccan go to a teacher that yeah that is truly Wiccan and truly knows what they're talking about. And, and by all means, learn to be Wiccan. Don't, yeah. don't screw around with something that, that isn't Wiccan. Wiccan is not a bad religion. No, it's, it's not. It's not. Mm-mm. It's truly a religion. Yep. Go study it. Um, 
but to, you know, to, to sit and say, you know, I, I want to just dabble in something dark. Well, no, no, I know all teenagers are rebellious and they, they, they want to dabble, but they don't realize what the, you know, you want to play the short game of being fun and, and, and uh, a little dangerous, but the things that are on the other side of fun and dangerous are, are going to last an eternity. They're, they're playing the long game. So, yeah. and it's hard for a kid to see. So that's it. That's it. That's, that's beating you over the head. One one Um, speaking of beating you over the head, one one uh, in the chat room, by the way, if you, if you, if you ever want to uh, just sit and talk paranormal, uh, if you go to Facebook and you look up darkness radio, uh, we have a Facebook page there, and you can chat with like-minded people in our chat room, which is right off the, uh, the Darkness Radio page. There's a lot of good people in there. It's a lot, a lot of fun to read. A lot of good people in there talking. And I forget who posted it, but yes, Maximum Overdrive is a horror movie. Is it really? You think so? It's classified as a horror movie. And uh-huh. my parents owned a video store when I was growing up, and that's where it was put. And it was in the horror section. It was in the horror section, so therefore it is classified as a horror movie. There you go. One one discussion solved. In the- <laughs> Let's solve another one, shall we? Let's do it. All right. This has to do with Friday the 13th. Now, on Friday the 13th, uh, somebody said something about Happy Friday the 13th, and I said something to them about my Templar Brotherhood would, would, would say thank you. Something to that effect. Then somebody said, "Well, no, no, no. It goes back to, it goes back Last to Supper. Jesus and the Last Supper." Mm-hmm. And uh, and I went, you know, having the Templar blood, I kind of went, <laughs> that's kind of uh, assuming a lot. Let's find out, shall we? The chilling history of feared Friday the Thirteenth, torture, curses, and terrifying phobia. At least according to the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Which they're not the foremost authority either, but hey, it's in print. They're not, but they're good. Yeah, okay. Uh, For many people around the world, Friday the 13th is not one to look forward to as the date is considered to be synonymous with bad luck and misfortune. Historians say the fear and even phobia could have biblical roots. Okay, so that's where we get into the whole um, Jesus and the Last Supper, and, and there you go. Uh, For those who believe in superstition, every time a Friday the 13th comes around, you're likely to stare at your calendar with some trepidation. Those of a nervous disposition may have been somewhat uh, relieved last year to find out that there was only one, but in both 2023 and 2024, there's two instances, with one being Friday the 13th in October, which we just passed. So there you go. And everyone was excited about it. Oh boy, were they. Yeah. Including Jason Blum, which by the way, he... uh, did it, did you watch that interview with uh, with Seth Meyers? Mm-mm, no. Okay, so the Exorcist believer was supposed to come out on Friday the thirteenth. Okay. And there was only one Friday, October thirteenth, that came up in seven years. Okay. So he was wound up, and he was going to release this Exorcist movie on Friday, October thirteenth. Right. Except. Taylor Swift dropped her movie on Friday, October. Oh, 13th. that's right. So he had to move it. He didn't want to. At first, yeah. he he had lobbied with the distribution company, and said, "Just bear with me here. I'm going to get on Twitter now, X, and put out the phrase the Exer Swift, <laughs> and see if it catches on." Right? Yeah. So he puts this out, the Exer Swift. It doesn't catch on. 
No. No. Swifties, did, or they wanted that day, day all to their, themselves. Yeah. So he's like, that's eh, not catching on. Nobody's really with it. And so he's like, yeah, I got to move it. I got to move it to the, the week before, the 6th. Yeah. Which he's like, you know, gosh darn it. Years, years before there's another Friday, October 13th. Yep. Perfect day to release this. Now it is a sequel to the original. It's supposed to be a sequel to the original or the second. I'm trying to remember. Um, the second, because there's, there's The Exorcist, The Exorcist 2, and Reagan's in both those. Linda Blair's Reagan in both those. Then there's the third Exorcist, with, which has to do with the priest. I think there's a fourth. Again, a I'm, TV not, show, I'm not spoiling is, anything, but go see it. Then there's a TV show, which goes back to Reagan. This is the, this is a direct sequel to the movie, to the original. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, is how about this? You can spoil. It. Is Linda Blair in it? No, I can't spoil it. Okay. I I can't and refuse to spoil it. I even had a listener that went and saw it opening weekend, who said, "Tim, don't you dare spoil this movie." Okay. So I'm not because because if I believe the two the two actors that played the priests are both dead. I think she's the only one alive. And the mom, I think, is alive. The mom's alive. The mom is a, a central character in, in the in the trailers. So she yeah. you know she's in it. Yep, and she's in the TV show too, so So you know the mom's in it. Yeah. That's all so, I'm saying. So, yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. So um So yeah, and you you're not supposed to say anything until at least a month after the movies come out. Right. Which the movie company, you know, they they don't qualify anything as far as spoilers, but people want to see it. And and I don't want to blow anybody's, you know, especially because yeah. people get busy. They want to see the movie. And, and most people say, well, I'll see it before Halloween. Yep. Right. So I'm not going to blow anybody's good time. That's what she said. <laughs> right. So let's get back to Friday the 13th. So Jason Blum says, OK, I'm putting this out on, on October 6th. Okay. Turns out his wife had a movie coming out October 6th. So he oh, got... So he didn't want to compete with her. He got in trouble at home because she's uh, like, okay. now I got to move my movie back a week. So that poor guy was in Dutch at home. <laughs> it truly was a bad Friday the 13th for him. It was, yeah, poor... <laughs> I can't imagine that, uh, you know, he and Taylor Swift are going to be fast friends. <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to Friday the 13th here. All right. Uh, so, again, for those that believe in superstition, every time Friday the 13th comes around, you're probably, you're not so great. Um, but there's two instance, instances of Friday the 13th this year. One of them was in October. Uh, again, uh, Friday the 13th is, is looked at as not such a lucky day, right? So, why is it considered unlucky? Well, the mirror took a look back at the ancient curse and how people have come to develop a phobia, which is called, oh my gosh, Frigatriske Decaphobia. Wow. <laughs> That's a long one. So yeah. they ask, why is Friday the 13th unlucky? Well, of course, we talk about the Templars first. They, they say, of course, boy, I got to break down this name again. Okay, so the... <laughs> The, the fear of the number 13, which is a long-established phenomenon, phenomenon, uh, is 
It's it's got its own term too. Friday, fear of Friday the Thirteenth has its own term. Para skiva, <laughs> my God, para skiva deca trap trap phobia. Holy you know, crap. someone's yelling at their listening device they right are, now, saying yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "God damn it, Tim! It's paraskedeka trapphobia." Tra- <laughs> I don't know. Or Frigga triskedekaphobia. Frigga being the name of the Norse god who inspired Friday. So, okay. Yeah. Such fears are believed to have biblical origins. In particular, there were thirteen people in attendance at the Last Supper, which are they're pointing out in the in the chat room. Mm-hmm. That is Jesus and his 12 disciples on Maundy Thursday. The number 13 has therefore been associated with Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. All right. Another theory is about the origins of Friday the 13th as an unlucky omen, connecting it to the demise of the Knights Templar, which is the Catholic military order in the Middle Ages. Hundreds of Knights Templar were arrested on Friday, October 13th in 1307 by the French king... Ooh. <laughs> no, Philippe the Fourth. You should know better. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but it is Louis. Ooh. Not Louis. And it's not Philippe. It's Philippe. <laughs> Philip. Philippe. The Knights Templar, it is said, were arrested on the orders of Pope Clement V, who accused them apparently without foundation of financial and moral corruption because the Pope owed him money. Oh. Yeah. Uh, These charges are based, it seems, on confessions extracted under torture because that's the only way you get it out of them. (laughs) Uh, Jacques de Molay, who was the order's grandmaster at the time. Jacques. That's Jacques de Molay. Yeah, Jacques de Molay. (laughs) Uh, the Order's Grandmaster reportedly is not like they might pronounce it in Louisville, uh, reportedly issued a curse on those who persecuted the Knights Templar as he faced burning at the stake in Paris. Paris! Oh, uh, girl, Paris. Uh, some have it that the curse meant that every subsequent Friday the 13th would also deliver misfortune. However, some other countries have different dates which are considered to be unlucky in it- Italy. Uh, Friday the 17th is thought to be an ominous date, as is Tuesday the 13th in Spanish folklore. So it's different dates there. There you go. Either way, it's the 13th. Well, <laughs> when it comes to those two days, those two. Right. Yeah. Um, however, it's Tuesday the 13th in Spanish folklore. It is Friday the 17th in Italy. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is the Chicago way of saying Italy. <laughs> so there you go. I, I just a tip of the cap to the Chicagoans out there. There you be. Um, before we uh, before we leave you today, oh, one more story, and then we're getting to Ziggy's picks, and then we've got our last story for the day. A tattooed human Satan, since we're talking about Satan and unlucky things and all this other thing, um, there's a man who's actually trying to turn himself into a human Satan. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully this, he belongs to either the church of Satan or he's a Satanist. This guy, this is the guy you want to invite what to parties. What the hell? That's the guy you want at parties. 
this is the guy you want as your wingman. Uh, that's that's the human lizard guy. He's t- trying to throw himself into like a human lizard. Uh, oh no, 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 that's a different guy. Is it okay? Yeah, he looks the same. It's the green. He kind of looks. It's the green. It's because of all the t- the tattoos. When you ma- when you mix all that ink, it eventually all becomes green. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got three fingers. I saw that. Okay, that. Yeah. By choice. No, because it's uh, two in the pink, one in the stink. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Sorry, ladies. I, I had to throw that out there. Um, so he's a body modification addict, they're calling him. Not an artist, an addict. There's no, a difference. He's an addict, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're, you stop being an artist when he can't stop. Um, <laughs> he's revealed his latest body transformation and is satisfied, he says, with his new look. Satisfied. Well, good for him. Yeah. He's satisfied. Yeah. Way to go. And he's undergone countless procedures to change his appearance. He's been dubbed human Satan and is addicted to body modifications and has revealed his latest project and it's race of eyebrows. He was going to get a tail. Maybe. Yeah. Michel Diabao, 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 Prado. There's no Diablo. There's no L there, folks. It's yeah, it's Diablo. Diablo? Diabao? No, it's D I A B A O. Diabio. Diabio. Diabao. 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 Thank you, Cincinnati. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Uh, revealed that he has had his little finger and ring finger on his right hand, as well as the ring finger on his left hand amputated. Good night, Cincinnati. Yep. Okay. In a bid to turn his hands into claws. Oh, God. How's that treating you, Bruiser? No, I, uh, I like my hands. I like, <laughs> I like my digits. Until you become a diabetic and lost feeling in your fingers, you never want them cut off. Or pro wrestler. <laughs> yes, exactly. Taking to social media to share his shocking work, the 49-year-old body modification addict told his fans that he was worried about getting it done as he thought it might affect his work as a tattoo artist. <laughs> oh, come on. He wor- oh, my gosh. He works with his hands. <laughs> yeah. But now, I, I'm not. I'm not getting that tattoo from a three fingered man. But I'm now, not. But now he's gotten used to his new hands. What could he possibly draw on you? No, no. I'm not getting tattooed by a three fingered man. It's not happening. <laughs> that sounds like a joke. It does. <laughs> he says at first it was very difficult, but it didn't take long to get back to tattooing almost normally. Uh, almost normally. Oh my god. Can you just imagine if he's <laughs> if he's getting back on the wagon and he's got the shakes? <laughs> Sometimes you got to think with all that body modification, he's got to be addicted to to some sort of substance for he's pain. Gotta, he's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I have pain and a phantom sensation. He says, which still leaves me confused when working or doing other things. He explained to the. That's day. a common occurrence with amputations. Yeah. Now, getting used to his new look, Michel from Praia Grande Coast near Sao Paulo in Brazil 
is now satisfied and added, I really wanted to change myself and I was very satisfied. However, this isn't the most extreme modification he's undergone. Michelle currently holds the Guinness World Record as the person with the most subdermal dermal horn implants on his head. Ugh. Oh, dear God. Uh, showing off the 33 implants in his head bruiser. That 33. 33. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That drastically changes his appearance. He estimates that he's had around 60 different procedures to give him his desired aesthetic, as well as covering 85% of his body and countless tattoos. Michelle aims to look less human. And after his dramatic removal of his fingers on his right hand, local media outlets report that he has plans to turn his left hand into a claw as well. Last year, the body mod lover underwent surgery to remove both his ring finger on his left hand, but now he's removed two fingers from his right hand too. Michelle cl- called his extreme work Lagara or the claw, but he reveals it will now be called Lagaras or the claws instead as he's modified both hands. So is he going to get his feet Cut off and put hooves on? Because every picture of Satan has them with hooves. Don't get him started. Don't get him started. (laughs) He says, I have three loves, my work, my weight training, and body modification. I was taking care of the first two, but leaving my transformation aside, he added after getting his latest transformation, as he shared the recent snaps online, after he won the Guinness World Record for his horns, He admitted it was his dream come true. No good for him. I'm glad he's living his dream. Living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. I don't get it. I don't choose to get it. But if he doesn't affect my life in any way, but if he's happy, good. He's happy. I think he's an idiot. He is living the dream. And I love tattoos and piercings and all that, but that's just, no. You think think he's got a Prince Albert in the can? I, th- I think he has nuts removed. Oh. Ow. 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 I think it's about that time to get off that subject because uh, <laughs> I know he's getting off on his. Um, it's time for Ziggy's Picks. Yay. Yay. Of course, uh, the, the bit about the bit is that uh, we have us a couple of psychic pups. And uh, we're going throughout the NFL season, picking week after week uh, the NFL schedule. And, uh, of course, we've put our psychic minds against the pup psychic minds. Actually, we're putting our football knowledge against the psychic pups (laughs) and uh, seeing who's doing what week after week. And eventually we'll get a a sponsor for this thing once uh, Audio Boom gets off its rear end and gets us a sponsor. Uh, So this week was an interesting week. Uh, I got to tell you. Um, this week, uh, if it were a Star Wars sequel, would be the Revenge of the Humans. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Talia was just off. I think it's because she was tired, and we did it. We did it late. It could be. It could be. Um, I had to wake her up to get her in her own room to do it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that'll so. that'll do it. That'll do it. I don't know if it was the psychic powers or the fine. I'll choose one. Let me go back to bed. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You don't want to. Yeah, that 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 could be. Um, yeah, you you you. Uh, there's different factors that will throw a, a psychic off, as well as 
um, you know, we'll, we'll throw a, an animal off too. It'll throw a human off. You know, if you're if you're making your choices, you want to be well rested. You want to be refreshed. You want to be um, well nourished. You want to, you know, you want to be all those things when you sit down to make your picks. And you want to be informed when you're a human. You want to be informed, of course. When you're a psychic animal, you just want to be. Which still backfired on us because <laughs> we were informed on a couple picks. And the kicker missed the field goal. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, you, you can't win them all, I guess. Um, you know, you, you can be well-informed. You can have everything going for you. You can absolutely have, uh, you know, you can have everything going for you and still uh, your teams can shit the bed. Yeah, no more undefeated teams, which shocked me. Yeah. I thought they both would stay undefeated. Right, the 72 Dolphins uh, cracked the champagne last week because no. there's no more undefeated teams. Uh, the Eagles as well shit the bed over the Jets. Yeah, that. I'll give the Jets this: they don't want to. They don't want to uh, die peacefully. They're going to go out with a fight. Yep, that's for sure. Um, some other surprises: the Bengals, who really have been more the Bungles than the Bengals this year, beat the Seahawks. That's because Joe Bur- Joe Burrow's back to one hundred percent. I guess he is right. Yep. Um. Others, uh, I guess, there's not really other surprises. Although, you know, I I had more of a feeling that the Cowboys would beat the Chargers Monday night. The Chargers really showed up to play. Yep. Um, you know, we <laughs> I've heard other sportscasters say that Dak Prescott is a younger Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> I've heard that numerous times. I, I don't like Dak. I, I think he's a terrible quarterback. I, I'm not a fan of him either, but evidently the defense came to play. On, yeah, well, their defense is... Oh. Yeah, their defense is phenomenal. And uh, Top three defenses are Cleveland, 49ers, and, and Dallas, and they all showed this week. Yeah, they all came to play this week, and that's why I picked the Cowboys, because I, I honestly thought the Cowboys would, would, stifle, um, would stifle Herbert. Yeah. That's what I was counting on. Um, and the other one that, that kind of got me, I really thought the Saints were a better offensive team. I thought so, too. That got me, too. Yeah. I thought with with a rookie quarterback in Houston, um, Kamara being back, Yep, they got a healthy offensive line. I was like, all right. And I believe they were at home. No, they were away. They were away. But, yep. but still. It, but it, still, I thought, this is it, you know. And then Houston came to play. Yeah. CJ Stroud had the game of his life. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Um, was the the Lions Buccaneers score a, a shock to you? Did you think it would be closer? No, it wasn't. I think the Lions are an unstoppable force this year. See, they they're shocking me with how good they are. I, I thought they would be a little more bungly than they are. Yeah. Um, but it shocks me how good they are. They, they're a well-oiled machine. And the Buccaneers aren't anything to shake a stick at either. Baker Mayfield's led them to a really good season. Like, they, yeah. that was a decent game. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a blowout. Right. It wasn't like one team was, you know, it was a good game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Do I even bother talking about Viking Spares? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you this much. I had to, on Monday morning... I had to go outside with extra treats for, for the chipmunks because they now think Kirk Cousins is a swear word. And every time they heard... <laughs> it is a swear word, isn't it? Uh, well, I used it um, with such fire and profanity 
uh, on Sunday, and the house shook so badly that those poor little guys went running, and I think they thought all hell was breaking loose on Sunday. Um, and uh, I, I had to make it up to them. I think there just there was levels of anxiety created on Sunday for those little guys that they'll never recover for, from. So, um, yeah, I had to bring out extra treats on Monday. I had to make it up to them. We're going to have to figure out a way to get you a Kirk Cousins cameo. <laughs> a Kirk Cousins cameo? Yeah, like I'm on Cameo, and you, you pay some money, and they say something to you. So we should talk about how great he is to you. Is we'll send go- it to you. Is he going to apologize for five minutes? <laughs> no, he's going to say how great he is and that he's the franchise player for the Vikings, and he's not going anywhere. Do you want me to break my phone? Is that <laughs> is that the, the thing here? Or? I'd say I'd send you a Kirk Cousins jersey, but I don't want to waste five bucks. Because <laughs> you can find it at Marshall's. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see before the game that kid had his Michigan State jersey, his Washington jersey, and his Vikings jersey? Yeah, I, I, I saw that. I biggest... looked at Mrs. Bruiser. I go, you know what the most expensive one of those jerseys is? She goes, what? I go, it's Michigan State one because he's right. actually good in college. <laughs> That's right. The Michigan State one was worth the most. They don't even want him back in Michigan. Nope. They told him to stay. He was building that house, and they told him, no, go over. And so now he's living full-time in Minnesota. No, he has he has an off-season home in Michigan. He does? Okay. Yeah, he does. Okay. The press conference. Did you see the press conference? No. No, no, no. Bruiser, I'm going to send you the clip. <laughs> the clip will make you hate this man more than anything. If you I guys love Kirk. He's such a nice guy. Oh, no, you'll hate him after this. How do you He's, feel? He, Kurt, Kurt is a great, the greatest offensive player for whatever opposing team they're playing. That's oh, God, yeah. No, he's the MVP of every team he plays. Yeah. Um, do you want to know what he attributed the win to on on uh, Sunday? This, uh, this team is the team this team really is well. two and team four. Came, yeah. <laughs> team came together. <laughs> no, 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 Mm-mm, no. Mm. You better have thought it thanked his defense because they're the ones that scored. No, 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 no. It wasn't the defense. No, 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 no. If you guys think I'm shitting, go look it up. Go on Google. Go look up these keywords. Kirk Cousins thanks Creed. <laughs> the band? The band. <laughs> Were they there? <laughs> he thanked a teammate for taking inspiration from the Texas Rangers and putting on Can You Take Me Higher by Creed <laughs> before the game for inspiring them to play better. Did you see any good football being played on Sunday? Well, I have to say this, man. They played like uh, Scott Stapp sings. That's drunk. right. That's right. Mediocre and then a a dramatic crash into the ground. Yeah. Alter Bridge is way better than Creed. Right? Anybody's better than Creed. I don't tell Brian Malone that. That's his band. Why is is he a, is he a masochist? Oh, trust me, we've we've gone because <laughs> when you're riding together as long as much as we rode together and you fight over the radio, <laughs> I don't mind Creed. Their their song mind comes Creed. on. Do you, do you mind? Do you mind ten penny nails being shoved under your toenails? I, see, I I can't I can't hate on Creed. 
because they're okay. They're not the greatest. I wouldn't thank them for winning a football game. They're not inspirational <laughs> any means. <laughs> Creed. Creed is that, that's okay. Like, okay, here you go. On a scale of 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 one to Creed or one to Seal, where do you rank Creed? Is Seal better or is Creed better? Seal's the opening act for Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually go to that concert <laughs> with Melodis. <laughs> Their tour is called Multitudes of Suckiness. <laughs> I don't know. That I should just... tell you where the Minnesota Vikings are going to end up this year. That well, they I already got, knew that. <laughs> that they got jazzed up on Creed. <laughs> it's inspirational. Gee, you know who's going to fire them up next Sunday? Or no, I'm sorry, Monday against the 49ers? You know Nickelback. who's... No, even, even, no, they're saving that for a really big game. You know who's going to get him jazzed up this week? Who's that? Kenny fucking G. <laughs> You're going to hate on Kenny too? I, I get mad that Mariah Carey gets all the Christmas love when really it should be Kenny G. You know who, oh, you know when, oh, bruiser. You know when they eventually, when they eventually got to face Rodgers face-to-face before he becomes the next Minnesota Vikings quarterback. Do you know who, do you know who's really going to get him going? Who's that? Michael Bolton. (laughs) (laughs) And then for the season finale against the Detroit Lions when they really got to pull one out? That's going to be feel, right? Rick Astley. <laughs> they're gonna, gonna rickroll. Rick they're gonna rickroll the entire goddamn state. They're gonna get rickrolled. Oh. You know what, man? You just need to have a face to face with them. You just need to sit down and go, Kirk. Look. Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> but he's so down to earth. Then did I tell you one of these uh, cousins apologists on Reddit? tried to take he was taking me to school because i don't know nothing about football if you think kirk cousins is the reason that this team is losing you don't know anything about football why else would they be losing <laughs> who'd he blame who'd he blame how how many yards did he throw throw for jackass who did he blame for it oh it had to be the defense they're the one that scored all the points <laughs> right they, I, I honestly think, I, and I, this is unofficial. I don't know if it's true, but I bet if we go look, their defense probably, your defense probably outscores your offense. They did, they did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Cousins threw for one touchdown. Yeah, and your your defense isn't that good. They get rid of everybody without Cousins, or I'm sorry, without without the defense, Cousins loses that game for exactly. And a rookie would have beaten them. Yeah. Without Justin Jefferson, this team dies this year. I did love how they, uh, for the pregame on the Fox, they were showing, saying Jefferson was out, and he has a serious hamstring injury, and here he is doing wind sprints. No, you know what? <laughs> this past week, they were— I think his injury is Kirk Cousins. That's his injury. Th- that's exactly what it is. No, you know what his injury is? His injury is a contract extension. <laughs> <laughs> He isn't coming back until they, they give him more money. Yeah. It, it It's funny because it was, was it Judd Zolgad? It was one of the reporters right after the game. It was like 
two days after the game where he injured himself, said he's running around the Vikings headquarters just fine. <laughs> yeah. They showed him on Fox doing wind sprints. Why did they put him on IR for four weeks? I don't know. And you know because, you know why? Because he knows. He knows. Yeah. They're not going anywhere this year. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like, I'm going to take a vacation. He's saving himself for next year. Yeah, he is. He knows that Kirk Cousins isn't worth goddamn shit. And he's got, what, free agency in two, right? Yep, two years. Yeah. And he's, he's going to go someplace else. But he also knows, and, and the Vikings were stupid for doing this, that they put J.J. in the driver's seat. Oh, yeah. They told him, we're going to negotiate, we're going to get you paid, and you have say in the next quarterback. And guess who the next quarterback isn't? Nah, not Kirk Cousins. It's not Cousins. <laughs> no, it'll be Aaron Rodgers. And he took a four-week vacation to show you exactly how important J.J. is to the, to the whole organization. Oh, if you don't know how important he is, you're an idiot. He took a four-week vacation to show you how bad Cousins really is. <laughs> and you saw how bad he was in Chicago. You, you know he's bad when they're talking on um, DraftKings. They had the um, over-under and if he's getting traded this season. Well, and if DraftKings has that, <laughs> you know he's bad. And I couldn't believe Colin Coward was talking about, oh, Cousins is such a great quarterback. Such a great no, quarterback. Oh. And and Boomer Esiason needs to go into an old folks home because he 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 looked at the stats after the Kansas City game. And he said, oh, I'm looking at it after after halftime and yeah, said, I love how I'm looking at a solid quarterback. They have Boomer and Phil. Boomer Esiason and Phil Sims. Probably two of the most mediocre quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And and they're giving us advice. Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm looking at his stats. I'm looking at a solid quarterback. That's his stats. Yeah. That's his stats. With two of what should be the best receiver tandem in the league. When you put Addison and Jefferson together. Oh, yeah. Well, yet it was Thielen, too. Yeah, and with Thielen, one of the best receiver tandems in the league, Bruiser, you and I can put on Vikings uniforms and go throw to those guys and oh, be yeah. one of the best quarterbacks in the league. This I got excited when I saw Thielen coming to the Panthers. And he's, he's the one that scored the Panthers, one of the Panthers touchdowns this last Sunday. Can you believe there's cousins, apologists, and idiots in this town that, oh, say, yeah. that say, oh, it's good we got rid of Thielen. He was just, he was a step too slow and he wasn't catching balls. He wasn't catching balls. Do you know why he wasn't catching balls? He wasn't being thrown to. That's right. It was being thrown over his head and to the side and in the dirt. That's why he wasn't <laughs> catching balls. Because the man is in Stretch Armstrong. Exactly. You got it. All right. I suppose it's enough NFL. People are getting sick of this stuff. <laughs> People are so mad at us. Anyways. But they love that you love they love that you hate Kirk. Kirk oh Kirk. my God, I hate that man. I want him to become a ghost so so badly. <laughs> <laughs> just so I can get a so just so I can get a recorder out and I can yell at him. I can yell at his EVP. <laughs> when he's like, excuse me, can you take me to Coles? I'll be like, shut up, fuck you. <laughs> If your bitch ass wife take you to Coles, you son of a bitch. Anyway, so um, so the the picks for this week. Well, I'll just yeah. I'll do the quick rundown. Uh, Ziggy actually was almost five hundred seven and eight this week. Yep, yep. It, it was just, she did well. Yep, she did well. Almost five hundred. Unfortunately, Talia had her worst week of the of the season. Five and ten. Yeah, she went real bad. 
Bruiser was nine and six this week. Good week. Yeah, very good, good. Very good week. And that's because the two two lock games that I had, San Francisco and yes. Philadelphia. Yes. And I had those same lock games. I think everybody in the world did. Yeah. There's probably one guy right now that went to Vegas and, as a joke, put a bet on the Browns and the Jets, and now he's just laughing in our faces. You made a lot of money. Yeah. And I went 10-5. and five. And like you said, I had those same lock games. And I, I was shocked. And, and both were close games. Both came down to the wire. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And both came down to the wire. So there you go. That was, uh, that was the week. Again, if you want to check out the specifics as to who picked what, uh, go to darknessradioshow.com slash Ziggy's Picks. And I guarantee you, Pups will have a much better week next week. Here's how they, here's how they stack up as, as far as uh, for the year so far and how we stack up for the year so far. This is what's so impressive, folks. This is what impresses me. So Bruiser's leading us all right now with a 612 pick percentage. Woohoo! Think about that. <laughs> Over six out of 10 of every picks Bruiser's hitting, hitting on. And on my football. Talia picks six out of 10. She's at a 602 average right now. She she's a wiener dog like my little mini football, so she knows it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I'm at a 591 right now, uh, and Ziggy is at a 526. So Which still, is still really good. She's still above 500. Above 500. There's humans that don't pick five out of ten. Yeah. So I mean, we're all still swinging and hitting. Yeah. It's 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 still fun, it, and they it is. Uh, both puppies get excited about it. We have all the, the logos in an envelope, and as soon as I grab that envelope, the tails start going. They start jumping around because they know they get to the, they get to do this. Yeah. And then you know we separate them. We do the we do the picks, and they're happiest pigs and shit. You know they love it. That's right. So uh, again, folks, darknessradioshow.com slash Ziggy's picks and uh, we'll put the link in the description of the show so you can check it out for yourself and see how it breaks down 93 games we've picked so far you believe that that's a lot of games it's a lot of games yeah, there's a lot left <laughs> it's hard to say that these these pups don't have a talent they do it's, they do it's 93 games yeah it's not like they just picked five games and then we left it at that like the the stupid octopus he chooses one world cup winner yeah and that's yeah like, you're psychic that's like 20 games <laughs> yeah these these pups have picked ninety three games. Yeah, and Talia's is killing it right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's incredible. Last story for today. Okay, you ready for this? Yes. Who says that bears aren't intelligent? <laughs> I love bears. Yogi I'm tattooed on me. Yogi Bear had nothing on this bear. You ready for this? Yeah. Bear walks into a gas station. I know you've heard this joke before, and steals a bag of gummy bears. It's cannibalism. <laughs> is it really though it is because it's a gummy bear so are we cannibal street and sour patch kids yes and actually okay. cannibalistic pedophiles <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a new one <laughs> yeah think of that so when you're eating a sour patch kid you're blah, 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 you're eating a sour patch kid you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. gotcha hate to cannibalistic pedophile okay yep that's why I don't eat them. I love them. I think they're great. Oh God, you need to you need to see a priest. I mean, don't, I have, I have don't, edibles that are sour patch kids and they're amazing. Don't see a priest because you know then you'll have too much to compare. But <laughs> then it won't be a cannibalistic. 
a pedophile will be a, I don't want to go there. It'll, it'll be a support group meeting, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyways, a security camera at a British Columbia gas station recorded a gummy bear heist by an unusual shoplifter, which was an actual bear. The cameras at Tipton Gas Bar in Lake Cowichan on Vancouver Island, I think I said it right, I don't know, the Canadians will tell me, uh, captured footage as the black bear wandered to the store, took a pack of gummy bears off a rack, and left. He probably thought it was his captured brothers and sisters. <laughs> or you know what? He has kids in the car that were just throwing a fit, so he walked in, grabbed the first thing he could, and left. Yeah, he was like, this will get the kids to shut up. Yep, this will do. This will do. And then he gets in the car, and he throws them back to the kids, and they're like, Dad... He's like, oh, well, I'm not going back. You're going to enjoy those gummy bears. Yeah. I don't care. They didn't have Swedish fish. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bear then went out in the parking lot and ate them. Good for him. He deserves it. This guy's name is weird. Jay DeGosbrand. That's the bear's name? No, no, no. That's the shopkeeper. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the bear's name. <laughs> Yes, he signed a check for the gummy bears. He came back <laughs> he and realized he didn't, he didn't pay, right? Yeah. Uh, Jay DeGosbrian, who owns the store with his wife, Karen, told that to CBC News that Mr. Bear went out in the parking lot and ate it. Uh, DeGosbrian uh, said he watched the bear enjoy his ill-gotten gummies. This little bugger has the nerve to sit at the end of my driveway, look at me and eat it, he told the Vancouver <laughs> Sun. You're going to watch me eat it. You're going to like it. Well, what are you going to do? Go to the end of the driveway and rip it out of his paws? Oh, God, no. You're no. going to let him enjoy every single morsel. <laughs> you are going to be the biggest pussy in the world and sit there and watch him eat every last bear. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then you're going to smile and say, would you like some more, Mr. Bear? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the couple said the bear did not act aggressively during its visit. Well, I knew what I wanted. Karen DeGosbrian told Global News he had a sweet tooth. I know it's a wild animal. I just wanted to give it a hug. I just thought it was awesome. They wanted to give you a hug, too, and have you be the second course of the gummy bears. Yeah, probably wanted protein with that sweet tooth, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm glad at least she realized it's a wild animal. Yep. You know? Because we've had stories on, on both shows where people see the wild animal. They just don't get it. It's a wild animal. Yeah, it's a wild animal. At least she got it. Leave that, leave that thing alone. Anyhow, so that's it. That's it for uh, that's it for supernatural news for today. Bru uh, Bruiser, what you got going on this weekend? Uh, I got on Saturday AML wrestling in Winston Salem at the Benton Convention Center. I got Brutus the Barber Beefcake coming in. Jack Hager from AEW. Um, I'll be producing it. It'll be streaming on Title Match Network. Nice, um, nice. AMLWrestling.com slash training if you want to train with me or slash tickets if you want to get tickets. Check out Title it will, Match. It will probably sell out. It, we've sold out the last couple shows. AML is on fire right now. So Very nice. If you can't be there in person, check out Title Match Wrestling Network, folks. Uh, I have Title Match at home. I love Title Match Network. You can check yeah. in on AML Wrestling. And by all means, I plan on doing that this weekend and, and seeing the show myself. So Yeah, and come out and say hi if you're in the area. It's only nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And you uh, get Tully, the guy who runs it, I he runs ladies night he runs ladies night out and I I produce for him and and just the uh, vision he has for title match and where he wants to go with it is, is inspirational. You also get to see uh archives of AML wrestling as well. Uh, yep. Yep. 
So, which include bruisers match before surgery. And if you want to see this man fly around a ring, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> holy free holies. Uh, with a leg that shouldn't be moving. That's right. The, the one that the surgeon said you shouldn't have even walked in on. Yeah. Uh, there's also the um, Jerry the King Lawler's last match yes. versus me. Yeah. Is on there. Mm-hmm. I had his last match before he had a stroke. There you go. So those matches are on there as well on Title Match uh, Network. So uh, check those out as well. So uh, if you don't know how to get there, go to darknessradioshow.com. I believe we still have the link up in the events section. So Sounds good. You can uh, click on from there, and you can check out this weekend's card as well. I'll be up at KNSI Radio this weekend. If you want to listen to me talk weather, local sports, <laughs> Kirk uh, Cousins. Weather on the nines, and you want me to say something nice about Kirk Cousins. Oh, let's get Kirk to call in. No. Um, (laughs) You can do that between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. So there you go. I want to shoot the Vikings an email. Say, hey, Kirk should call in. It's his biggest fan. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's dying, and his last wish is to talk to Kirk Cousins. No. They'll be like, gee golly willikers, I heard there's a Kirk Cousins fan here on the air that wants to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you that the cuffs on your Coles cargo pants are riding up your crotch. <laughs> mm. And I wish you'd throw a ball at him. <laughs> Maybe two balls. Anywho, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, tomorrow on the show... Joshua Chairs and the group from Phantom Detectives LLC will be with us. We'll be talking about their investigations. Um, at least I believe so. Joshua was in an accident, an auto accident this week. So, oh, no. Yeah. We're hoping that he's okay and that he's still able to make the, uh, make the uh, show. If not, we will have alternative plans. But card subject to change, as we like to say in the industry. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But uh, we believe he's still going to make the date. So... There you go. Good. There you go. So that's tomorrow on Darkness Radio. For Beer City Bruiser, I'm Tim Dennis. Thank you so much for continuing to be a great listener of Darkness Radio. We appreciate you. And again, if you have a pair share story, send it in. Tim at darknessradio.com or go to darknessradioshow.com. Click on that blue button and leave your story for us. We will see you tomorrow for Phantom Detectives LLC and some of their investigations right here on the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. Darkness Radio.